Oi, welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's bloody hip to be square, isn't it? Don't ask where, don't ask when, don't ask why, ask who. It's the Doctor Who holiday specials on Bloody Normies Like Us. Alonzi! That's all I needed. Good cup of tea. With this ring, Ivy Biodamp. My children may feast on martyred flesh. Oh, but I'm not from Mars. Uh, I'm having a new one version. I need. What do you need? I need to say. It. Tell me, tell I me, need, tell me. Painkillers. Do you need aspirin? Need, codeine, paracetamol. Oh, I don't know about tibosmol. I need lipid paraffin. Vitamin C. Vitamin D. Vitamin E. I need Is it food. Something simple. Bowl of soup. Nice bowl of soup. Soup in a sandwich. Oh, soup in a little ham sandwich. I need you to shut up. You heard it up top. We are once again getting a little timey-wimey here on this podcast as we take a step into the TARDIS and talk about Doctor Who, specifically the holiday specials here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, The Colin. Uh, the Mike. Oh, and this is The Jacob. <laughs> And you're the listening to Jacob. the podcast. <laughs> Jacob and the best yeah. Jacob. Yeah, nor he's like us. All, all those other Jacobs died so Boy. horribly, they kept regenerating. It's the 10th Jacob. We were going to need I'm the 10th Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're going to Sonic Screw Dive into the uh, Doctor Who wow. Christmas specials, you know? I think yes. that was a pretty good one. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank this you. is an idea that actually, Colin, I think you had when I mentioned on our last Whatcha that I've been watching this new show called Doctor Who. Uh, totally new. Yes. I've never heard of it before. Um, and we decided, you know, because they do a traditionally a an annual Christmas special most years uh, since 2005. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it would be a good idea to look at the first two Christmas specials in the David Tennant 10th Doctor era. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my pitch for it. It's a it's a show known for its holiday specials, so why not uh, dive into your new passion? That's right, and I've been watching some holiday spirit. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, Doctor Who re- recently, and it is relevant because uh, there's these new specials that are coming out with David Tennant and Catherine Tate, Donna Noble coming back for three specials that just aired. I just finished the third one that came out uh, on Saturday. And uh, and there's going to be a new Christmas special this Christmas featuring the 15th Doctor, Chudi Gatwa. Uh, so I'm very hmm. excited for that. Interesting. It's too much, maybe. <laughs> no, but um, I guess for listeners out there, I guess what we'll be referring to on this episode is the David Tennant returns, the 10th Doctor, right? And then this is season one, the final episode of Christmas Invasion, and then season two, yes. is that correct? The Runaway Bride. Well, let bride. me give you... Yeah, yeah, let me give you a quick context, just in case yeah. for normies who don't know. I mentioned it a little bit on the Watcha, um, but just to catch everyone up. So basically, Doctor Who, what is it? It's a uh, long-running British sci-fi show mm. uh, that first aired in 1963. It ran until 1989 when it was canceled due to poor ratings. Uh, then it was off the air for a while. Then they brought it back in 2005 uh, with a guy named Christopher Eccleston as the ninth Doctor. Uh, he did one season on that with the companion Rose Tyler, played by Billy Piper. Uh, he left after one season, and he regenerated into the Tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant, uh, who then was on for three seasons. His first season, he was with Rose Tyler. 
His second season, he was with a new companion, Martha Jones. And then third season, uh, Donna Noble, which basically I'll explain how that works. So basically, at the end of the first season, we get the first Christmas special, The Christmas Mm -hmm. Invasion. And this happens right after the ninth Doctor regenerates into the tenth Doctor in the season one finale. So this is the first appearance of David Tennant. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then in season two, he has a full season with Rose as his companion. That season ends. There's a big two part season finale. Uh, very sad. Uh, what happens to Rose? Basically, she gets trapped in a parallel dimension. And mm. separated from the doctor, so he's very sad about it in this second special uh, that you guys yeah. watched. And that is called The Runaway Bride. So essentially, right after he says he says his final goodbye to Rose, gets back in his TARDIS, he's all sad and stuff. And then this this bride appears in the TARDIS and he's like, What? What's going on? What? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is Donna Noble played by Catherine Tate. She was originally uh, a one-off, you know, appearance in this episode with the, you know, the option to bring her back. She did not come back for the third season, which was David Tennant's second season. So they had a different companion, Martha Jones, played by Freema Adjaman, who I love, love Martha Jones. Um, But then she did come back in the third season and got a full season as the companion of the Doctor, Donna Noble. Got it, got it, got it. And that context was useful, you know. Having yes. not seen any Doctor Who, but yeah. Yes, there's a lot to catch up on. But basically, her story wraps up in a very sad way as well, which I can explain. And uh, and then when they came back in 2023, you know, well, I should say, basically, David Tennant did three seasons. Then he did another Christmas special. He did two more. He did, he did a f- total of four specials after his last season. Uh, Christmas 08, then like a spring 09, fall 09, and then Christmas 09. That was his last appearance until 2023 when he came back. So in that one, he regenerates in the end into Matt Smith, the start mm-hmm. of the Matt Smith era. Um, right. And that was his last appearance until this very year when David Tennant and Catherine Tate came, came back to kind of wrap up their storyline after 15 years. So that's pretty wow. exciting. That is pretty And the original uh, showrunner, Russell T. Davis, who was the first showrunner of The New Who from 2005 to 2010, also is coming back uh, or came back for these specials and in, in, uh, in the future. But basically, New Who has had three showrunners, uh, Russell T. Davis for the Eccleston and Tennant eras. Then uh, Stephen Moffat took over, who was a writer on Doctor Who. He also created the show Sherlock. He mm-hmm. was the showrunner for the... Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi eras, eras, and then he left, and Chris Chibnall took over, who was also a writer on Doctor Who, and created the show Broadchurch, starring David Tennant and Jodie mm. Whittaker, two different doctors. Olivia Coleman, so, but not a Doctor Olivia Who. Coleman, yes, she was <laughs> in Doctor Who. Doctor. Yeah, right. Oh, there um, we go. And uh, yeah, pretty much any British actor you can think of has probably been on Doctor Who at some point. Uh, so Chris Chimnall took over for the Jodie Whittaker era, not the most loved era. Uh, he left, and Russell T. Davis has returned, and that's where we're at today. So, right. So we're kind of say, yeah, heading. Yeah, we jumped into the first appearance of David Tennant. I think a lot of people really liked his performance, and that's why he's coming back in 2023. So we're kind of checking out the uh, the early days, right? Absolutely, and. Um, you know, this second special, The Runaway Bride, is the first appearance of Donna Noble, who goes on to be one of my favorite 
characters as a companion. Like she gets a lot of character growth. I don't love her in this episode. She starts as kind of annoying character, but she mm. gets so much growth. She ends up a really interesting character and then has this plot line, like I said, that gets resolved after 15 years, which is pretty crazy. It's like coming back to do Star Trek Picard yeah. again. Yeah. Like, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into it, so so Colin, like I had never seen any Doctor Who except that one episode, as I'd said. So this was all new to me. So it's an inter- interesting vector. How were you feeling approaching this? It was kind of your pitch. But have you seen these at all or just you just knew about the specials that it's famous for? Yeah, I think I'd said that um, my brother was a fan when he came home. We would throw on, I think, for the holidays. We would you know, just occasionally find some of the specials. But I got to say, I'm I'm really coming into this. As a hater, not <laughs> trying to be, because this is often what I describe when I say something that's not for me. I'll say some Doctor Who bullshit. <laughs> Understandable. Um, I'm trying to figure out the vocabulary for what I mean for that. I'm excited to explore it as we discuss these episodes and, and sort of critically what I found interesting about them, you know, all that good stuff. But I will say... I am a bit of an Anglophile in that I was raised by a, a, a father who spent a lot of time in England, lived there for a little, came back with a severe interest in their culture, would watch Monty Python, we would flip on BBC, we'd watch a lot of Grant Naylor's uh, Red Dwarf, and then mm-hmm. in waiting for that show to come on, there would be this little weirdo in a rainbow scarf who I would very much be like, oh, get off here, old, dusty, weird thing. <laughs> like, get to my weird, funny space show. Um, mm-hmm. But it is but a weird, I, funny space show. It, it, but it is, it is, Jacob. And I'll also say this, Mike, I don't, I don't know your history with this property, but Jacob, I'll say you, out of my friend group, are the only one uh, other than myself who, who kind of has a passion and interest for Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes, which I would argue is very much, hmm. much like what we want today. So again, I don't know what it is specifically about Doctor Who, but I'm excited to explore it. I, I don't know. Yeah. And just to give my experience with Please. Doctor and, Who. And why you came to watch it, I'd be very yeah. curious. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I talked a little bit about it on the Watch Up, but my experience in the past is that I did watch it as it was coming out in the Eccleston and Tenet eras. So basically from 2005 to 2008, I was watching uh, concurrently. And then I pretty much said, all right, David Tennant's leaving. I'm done with this show. Did not watch any Doctor Who from 2008 until this year, you know? So Mm -hmm. I am, you know, everything past the Tenet area is kind of new to me. So I'm now doing the full rewatch and uh, it's, it's very interesting. And then with Classic Who, I'm really not too familiar with Classic Who either, other than I know the different doctors, like what they look like and their kind of personas and stuff. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I mean, it's old, you know, 60s and 70s television, not the most exciting thing. Um, and, you know, Doctor Who was originally a show that the BBC made to, it was an educational show to teach kids about history and science because they mm. would go, they would do science episodes where they would be in space and stuff, sci-fi type stuff. And then they would do straight up history where they would just go to some past historical event or something. And it was very educational. So it's changed a lot over the years, the different eras. I mean, it's been on as long as, you know, any show that you could think of. So it's, it's, there's been many different eras, many different styles of who, but I, I am a fan of the, the new who, especially the, you know, what I call the golden era, which is the Eccleston and Tenet eras. So Mike, is it, 
any reason in particular like you weren't drawn to it can you think or <sighs> i don't know because i also did kind of grow up with the monty python stuff and like a little bit of that going on but it, it just never it never came on our television set like we, we were watching star wars or other sci-fi my uncles watched star trek but nobody like that would be able to have an impression upon me to show me it or whatever. Nobody ever showed it sure. to me, so I just never really saw it. I watched a lot yeah, of Mystery Science never... Theater. It feels so Star Trek, Jacob. Like, I yes. see what you like in it. Mm. Absolutely. It is very Star Trek. That's kind of why I was drawn to it, because I was like, I remember liking these old seasons back in 2005. Maybe yeah. I'll give them a rewatch. I know the quality has dipped in recent years in, in the different eras. Um that's the reputation that it has anyways, that the writing quality has sort of gone down over time. Uh, Russell T Davis is kind of considered the best of the new showrunners, So I'm glad he's back. Uh, they were kind of losing ratings for a while. So they're going back to the old formula. Um, and I should also say, I'm not a huge Anglophile. There are certain British things I like. I like the Beatles, you know, I like Monty Python and everything. I like Hitchhiker's Guide, but also as a, you know, as an American of Irish, heritage uh i'm very anti-british oh yeah yeah okay begrudgingly like doctor who um yeah you're betraying your your people yeah there is is the silliness that i watch this where i think like god these fucking people were ruled by a queen (laughs) yeah 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 well you know i guess it's a good time to jump into it you know who knew who who knew cindy lou who christmas related things we're gonna do the doctor who christmas specials uh christmas evasion runaway bride tenant era right after this All right, we're back. We're talking Doctor Who. Stepping out of the TARDIS here on Normies Like Us. Pulling out our little sonic screwdrivers. Got to go fast. Uh, Yes, and if I can explain. So Doctor Who, like I said, Mm -hmm. the Doctor, he's generally not called Doctor Who. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's called just the Doctor. His name, his actual name is like a big secret within the show that it's like a big plot point later on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a mystery. Um, but who is the doctor, right? Well, he's an immortal alien known as a Time Lord uh, from the planet Gallifrey. Uh, right. And essentially, the Time Lords were a race of aliens that had a had control over time and space, kind of like the TVA in Loki, uh, very much mm-hmm. function the same way. They sort of control the proper flow of time, right? Make sure things happen how they're supposed to happen. Um, before yeah. this... Before the 2005 reboot, uh, off screen, there's, there's this big thing called the Time War that happened, where the Time Lords are fighting their ultimate nemesis, is the Daleks. There's this big war across time and space, uh, and the Doctor is essentially responsible for killing uh, everyone in that battle, including his entire race of Time Lords. So Jeez. he is known as the last Time Lord uh, because he had to do it to protect essentially the universe from being destroyed. Like the all the Council of Kangs had to. There could only be he who remains. Yeah, and that's our doctor. Right, <laughs> he, is he who Fine remains. The final okay. time lord, and uh, he flies around in his ship known as the TARDIS. Uh, now, what is the TARDIS? Well, it's an it's acronym. Yeah, it's a it's yeah it's a 1960s uh, police box, a British police yeah. box. And you're wondering, you know, why is it like that? Well, there's a reason because it 
you know, the TARDIS is a, uh, well, first of all, it's an acronym. It stands for time and relative dimension in space. Uh, mm-hmm. so there you go. And why is it a police box? Well, it's a, it's a time machine slash spaceship and it has a camouflaging, uh, element to it. So it can blend in with its surroundings, but it got stuck on sixties police box and it broke. So now it's just stuck on that permanently. So that gotcha. is the reason within the show why it looks like that. Dude. So we have it's just bigger this one... on the inside. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. Um, fun fact about my favorite time travel series, uh, Time Lords, Wild Stallions, Bill and Ted. Uh... Um, they, they did not copy the TARDIS with the phone booth, but the Doctor Who people were like, hey, man, you're copying our police box. But it was kind of just oh, a big sure. coincidence. It was going to be a van, yeah. I think, originally. But anyway, that's like, my they make a lot of jokes about it. phone booth, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, they make a lot of jokes about it within the show because because people these days don't know what that is because it hasn't existed since like the 60s. Right. So it's kind of a relic of its time. That's kind of what I find so endearing about the show is that all this lore and stuff was made up in the 60s and then they just kind of keep going with it. Like, you know, the Daleks are, are you know, the Doctor's ultimate enemy and they just look like these giant trash cans that kind of wheel around. But they're actually <laughs> right. like space Nazis. They're like it's kind of a Krang situation where they have, there's like an alien inside of this robot body mm-hmm. thing. Um, but they literally just look like giant R2 D2s. They're not good at making robots. These Daleks, you know, <laughs> no, they're not upgraded, no. <laughs> but they like stick with the 60s iconography. Yeah. Oh, we don't so deal Daleks, with any of them the in Cybermen. these, but yeah, I've yeah. Heard, we, they would name drop the Cybermen. They name dropping a lot of this stuff throughout these episodes. So there is a little bit of lore that I feel like I had to fill yes. in the blanks here and there on. Some well, the way you guys are watching it, having only seen these it's these uh, the Christmas way. specials, the proper way, and yeah, not watching the actual seasons in between, you're kind of missing some of the because they're basically referencing things that happened in the season, right? So yeah. right before the Runaway Bride, there's a big, like I said, two part finale where the Daleks and the Cybermen team up to try to take over oh. Earth. Wow, <laughs> yeah, and that's where Torchwood comes in. There's this big battle of Earth. Right. And that's when Rose Tyler gets stuck in this alternate dimension. But it's good because in this alternate dimension, her dad is alive because he's actually dead in her. You know, he died when she the was a flash. baby in the prime timeline. So he's alive in this other timeline. So she gets to live happily ever after with her family reunited. So that's nice. But she can never see the doctor again. Um, but then eventually she gets a clone of the doctor that just goes off and lives with her and they live happily ever after. But that's, that's nice. Way yeah, wild. That's in the future. Okay. No, I'm very much um, Donna Noble. I'm like, who are you? What is this? What is happening? Yeah. What are we yes. doing? <laughs> that was me on these episodes. Sure. I'm at. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm here to explain any references or anything that you guys don't quite understand. Well, because they even referenced the Christmas invasion in Runaway Bride, not to get ahead of ourselves. Like, you didn't see that spaceship? She's like, I was just hungover. I I, I I was drunk. (laughs) It it kind of becomes a running joke because aliens attack the Earth so much in this show that normal humans are just so oblivious to what's going on around them that they never notice these things. And there's like, oh, humans are so oblivious. Well, kind of accurate now. People are like, oh, it's true or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a commentary on on us for sure. Um, But but let's um, start with... Yeah, Christmas invasion, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, so this was Christmas 2005. I don't know wow. if you guys remember that. You know, I was what like a time! <laughs> a sprightly age of 15, uh, uh, 16, probably sorry, playing my sorry. Xbox 360 or whatever. Yeah, 16, driving. God, yeah, it was probably a good year for me. Yeah, 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 not bad at all. Um, living in Ohio, not England though. However, that's right. Good old Ohio. Um, 
So, you know, we had one season of, like I said, the ninth doctor, Christopher Eccleston, who I enjoy as a doctor. He can get, can we, can yeah. we pause on mm-hmm. real quick. Now, Jacob, somebody was going to do like a watch through now and like do all the doctor who's or whatever. Is it even worth it watching this first season with this other guy? I think so. I like okay. Christopher Eccleston. He has good chemistry with Rose with with Billy Piper. Actually, Billy Piper has good chemistry with the ninth and tenth doctors, strangely. Mm. Um she's just, you know, a good actor, whatever. But um They like that. Yeah. Um no, it's kind of I mean, I like him. He the 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 reason surrounding why he left after only one season is a little confusing. I he left on his own accord because I guess he didn't want to get typecast. Not mm-hmm. that he really had a, an amazing career post Doctor Who, um, but he's mm-hmm. a, in a little. I don't know if he had the best working conditions or he had the best relationship with the the production company or whatever behind the scenes. I don't know. He he's been very standoffish to the Doctor Who fandom pretty much ever since. So mm. don't know what happened there. But I like Christopher Eccleston. Um, he just didn't get enough time to really make the doctor his own. And then he right. kind of got showed up by the next guy that came in and became like the most popular I, doctor yeah. ever. And we I, love David Tennant. Who young, you know, broad yeah. church. Popular yeah. guy. Yeah. Like it eats lunch. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. He's great. Um, so we were, but we're, this is then the first episode, I guess watching that season would give you background of Rose and the doctor and like their relationship. Yeah. Cause she does seem like she's familiar, you know, in this episode. And I was, you know, because literally unaware yeah, of the pilot of the, of the new who in 2005 was called Rose and you see everything from her perspective. So she is the main character, essentially she's the audience uh, surrogate mm-hmm. and you see the doctor through her eyes and you're slowly kind of introduced to this world uh, and so, yeah, I think the first season is worth watching and there's some good episodes in there. Um, it's a little like Star Trek where the first season, they're still trying to figure things out again. They didn't have a huge budget either. So it's like, you can definitely tell, um, but it's worth watching. And then you get to the finale. Uh, and the last scene is him. He gets a nice little speech. He regenerates into David Tennant. David Tennant says new teeth. That's the first thing he says, new teeth, mm-hmm. uh, because it's weird to have new teeth in your mouth, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. The, and then that episode ends, and then the next appearance we get is the Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. What am I saying? <laughs> Christmas invasion. He yep, yep. regenerates uh, into Chevy Chase. It's yeah, very yep. interesting. <laughs> um, Rose and so we rusty. start with, you know, the TARDIS crashing into the ground. He mm-hmm. comes out. He's wearing Christopher Eccleston's doctor outfit, which is a black leather jacket, black T-shirt. Um, that was very much his vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tenth doctor's vibe is like a skinny pinstripe suit with with uh, you know Chuck Taylors, right? That's his yeah, that's his look. waistcoat, yeah, yeah which you good. see at the end when he's picking out his clothes that will define him as because in each doctor has their own kind of style and persona that they their own look they have. Yeah, I assume a million of... Easter eggs and oh, there's got to be a ton scene because we see the scarf, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see some of the old doctor's uh, outfits in that scene for sure. Um, but, but we start uh, with... Yeah, I'm saying the, yeah. Big, the big thing with this is he's regenerating. So there's a threat happening, but the doctor's still not really available to help us at, at any yes. point. So he essentially spends a lot of this episode just lying in bed uh, mm-hmm. in his gym jams, as he says. Yep, uh, yep. Taking a nap because he hasn't fully regenerated, right? So he's he's in the process of regenerating. So mm-hmm. uh, the TARDIS crashes to Earth. 
Uh, he comes out, he's wearing Chris Ruxin's leather jacket. Um, we are introduced to two characters that you're probably not familiar with, which is Jackie, Rose Tyler's mom, mm-hmm. and Mickey, her boyfriend. So, uh, which these are characters were, that were in season one. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> but they're like, oh, the TARDIS is here. They hear the famous noise that it makes. They're like, they run to it. They see this new guy. They're like, who the heck is this guy? And then Rose right. Tyler comes out and she's like, it's the doctor. Then we get a very funny joke where her mom is like, doctor, doctor who? And then title classic. sequence. Classic that's like cold invincible. open. Like every time, Doctor Who, that's yeah. how every episode should open. I assume that's how every episode, yeah. <laughs> well, surprisingly, they don't use that as much as you would think. Mm. Uh, which they really should. But uh, <laughs> like that's your yeah. mm-hmm. very funny to me, though. Set up, yeah. yeah. You meet the players, Doctor Who. Anyway, so yeah. But they did get that joke in for this one, so that works. Yeah, so me. he's talking to Mickey and Jackie like they should know him and stuff. He's like... Merry Christmas. They're like, who is this guy, right? Your teeth are so different than they were last time. <laughs> so this episode, really the theme of it kind of is the 10th Doctor. Who is he? You know, what defines him? Like, what kind of man is he? That's kind of what this episode is about, right? He's still trying to figure that out. Um, yeah. He's even so asking he, that out loud, you know, like, I don't know what type of man I am in, in some scenes. Exactly. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And all these characters that were familiar with the ninth Doctor are like, is he like the same guy? Like... Even Rose is like very questioning. Like I was so used to this other guy. Now it's like this complete stranger. I don't know what he's about or anything like that. Um, which I think is interesting because this is the first time in the new who that we had a regeneration, right? Now we've had like four or five by now, but um, you know, this, this show had just come back. They didn't know if it was going to last. Like they didn't know if it was going to have the audience. Um, and then they get lucky with David Tennant, who just crushes the role, basically. Once and the, the character is in the episode, yeah. Go ahead, Colin. Well, I was just going to say, the character can just regenerate forever. Yeah. He's just immortal. Yeah, so they, um, you know, they use this as a way to get around, um, you know, the actor leaving. Like, the first mm-hmm. doctor was very old when he took over the role in 63, and he's basically like about to die. So he's like, I have to leave this role because my health is failing. And they're like, well, we could just recast. And like, they used a sci-fi explanation of he can regenerate into a new face, a new, mm-hmm. completely new body. Right. So they can do that as many times as they want. Well, originally they had a, had a limit on it, but there was plot reasons why now it's just as many times as they want. Whenever we um, need wow. to. Yeah. Generally every three and as seasons. of, uh, as of 2023, there have been 15, uh mainline doctors you could say there's also the war doctor and the fugitive doctor hmm. it's very confusing the lore gets so confusing after like the matt smith era so um but essentially the there's 15 doctor. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a good one Thanks. um but yeah so that so he can regenerate whenever the actor wants to leave the role essentially, or the studio wants the actor to leave the role, which has happened before as well, yeah. where they ask them not to come back. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. Mainly I think the sixth doctor back in the eighties was what the studio was like. This guy sucks. We got to get it. He was the big fat there. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I think he was, uh, he, I don't know, but he was, was he the handsome celery guy? That guy was like, no, that's the fifth doctor. (laughs) The sixth doctor wore an insanely, uh, weird coat with a bunch of, Oh, it's like a clown coat. Yeah. He's got curls, blonde curls. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the ratings were failing at this point. They tried to bring in the seventh doctor. They kept going down and that's when it got canceled in 89. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. But But the 10th plot wise, 
Well, right, the regeneration here is like the his enemies can sense his energy and they want to catch him while he's weak, essentially. That's kind of what, what the plot is here. Yeah, he's giving off residual energy, which these uh, pilot fish, as he calls them, are yeah. like attracted to, which are kind of these robot scavengers, which are pilot fish in that they, you know, pilot fish are swim in the wake of bigger predators uh, in the ocean and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, these, this is a sign that something else is coming, right? Yeah. And so we get our uh, antagonists, which are this alien, this giant alien spaceship. Well, Britain launches a probe that's going to Mars. Uh, that's right. So they capture this probe. Yeah. yeah. The British um, space program. Oh, you know what? Here's what I want to talk about real quick. Um, yes. Because the footage, I think this is important to point out. The footage of showing them watching the probe, like they keep cutting to this press conference that they're showing people watching on the TV, uh, is indicative of something that I think we should talk about a little bit. Jacob, you said this started as like a paid education program. It obviously did. Uh, Important to point out how British television is made, because I think this is a reason that I don't like Doctor Who and why it looks like fucking dog shit, (laughs) which is that – the yeah. government makes stuff like unlike us. We have one government funded broadcast channel. It's called yes, the public broadcasting, public yeah. broadcasting services. Now, there used to be four channels in the UK. I think there's more now, but there was BBC one, BBC two, ITV and channel four. And those are the government's channels. Yes. So mm. the government, you pay taxes. I don't know if you know this, guys, you pay a mm. licensing fee to turn your TV on in the UK. You have to pay an annual fee for owning a television. Wow. Because the government funds the arts. So because of that, bureaucratically, it just takes a very long time to replace these cameras. The UK took forever to transition to high definition. They shoot on cameras that basically look like TV theatrical cameras. Yes, these first... These first few seasons are shot in standard definition. Uh, Dog shit. Look like... Yeah, but it's the it's the early two yeah. thousands. You know, yes. things were different then. Eventually, but by this point, animation domination on Fox had like tri- like the Simpsons looked better by this point. Like stuff wasn't letterbox in the U.S. by this point. No, in the U.K. And, stuff still looked letterbox. Right. Like I was saying, they didn't have the biggest budget when the show first yeah. came out. Like they were very. It was a very big gamble because they're like, this show's been off for like fifteen years. We don't know if it's going to have an audience. They already tried to bring it back in the nineties, and that didn't work. So they're like. We're not going to give you a huge budget. Yeah. We're going to give you a very limited budget to do this, and we'll see how it goes. But over time, they did get more of a budget. They eventually switched to high def, I believe, in 2010, basically, starting with the Matt Smith era. I think there's a couple. Oh, so like five seasons are in standard def. That's wild. Dude. Yeah, okay. it doesn't look great, but I kind of find again the low budget kind of endearing, like the the bad special effects sometimes. Like it's kind of of its time, but it's it. I mean, I feel the same way about uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Like that didn't but always I, look great. I just I think that's so important to point out because the UK mm-hmm. um, experience is so different in that here in America, when you pick something, it's like all right. Put your money where your mouth is. The actual term to use that in the UK is like, you can write a letter to the prime minister and be like, oh, I didn't like that you used my money to put on that punk rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, the BB right. like, oh, shit, like, fucking, we're getting a lot of these. Like, we have to make changes. And they do. They, like, fall to the pressure and stuff. It's just a very different system. So, that is yeah. very interesting. But I do I'm like the, I mean, about that. 
compared to how America, how entertainment is kind of made in America, where it's hyper capitalist, like uh, well, we don't fund the arts. Our government funds no arts. I right, mean, it's horrifying. private industry yeah. only. Yeah, yeah, yes, like true. BBC compared to PBS, like nobody watches PBS in America, but BBC is like the main channel in Britain. Like people watched, like Doctor Who was like the most watched show when it came. Like every time mm-hmm. it was on, it was like the most watched thing on TV. So, and it's, it's really a tradition for, for England that they going back so far that people are like have grown up with Dr. Who. So they just tune in every time. And um, so it did get good ratings. It was a huge success. Um, And especially when they went to Tenet because he was so popular. So no. Yeah. And and I, I, now that I know that Colin, it makes sense. This whole space probe thing. Cause as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is giving like 24 levels of nationalism of like our space program and the, the, on the honor of British science, we're doing well, it. You know? Yeah. Minister is a character. Mike. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, and she's a character. <laughs> she's in on a it. Returning yeah. character too. So that's why you guys aren't familiar, but Harriet Jones, uh, yeah. prime minister, they met her before. Yeah. Um, uh, the president and- knows doctor who kind of thing. It's incredible. Well, I think it's funny because it's so England centric. We're used to seeing, you know, yeah. whenever there's like an alien invasion or something, it's going to be in New York, you know, because America, we're the center of the world. But England sees them as themselves as the center of the world, even though they're like a dying empire who doesn't. Right. So I love seeing that perspective, too, because, you know, no one's really the center of the earth. But it's funny, like this. It's so pro England. And, you know, go, go England, do your thing. You know, go off. Yeah. Clean. Oh, well, we'll <laughs> learn in the second episode. What is the center of the earth? Oh, that's true. Crystal. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's true. That's right. That's why you web. have. Um, so Harriet Jones, the prime minister in this, that's she was in an episode where she was just an MP, right? A member of parliament and oh met, wow yeah she met rose and the doctor they had a whole alien adventure together so that's why she knows bros and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and her catchphrase she always is like introduces herself and then people say yes we know who you are so that's why that's a kind of a reoccurring joke in this gag. episode as well yeah even the the sicker acts the aliens are like yes we know who you are yeah um, that's really great <laughs> A lot of really funny stuff in here that I, I enjoyed. Like, I yeah, people explain. trying to give her a briefing about Doctor Who, and she's like, "I I know all of that already. Like, I am not surprised." And I go, "Yeah, yeah okay." Um, because the government knows about the aliens and everything. So There's the aliens catch wood, the probe, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the alien this probe is being sent to Mars. The aliens intercept it. It has a blood sample as part of its like. This is a really human. cool sci-fi plot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please go ahead. Because this is a real thing that we do. Like we send out these probes and they have like numbers and math on them and like music, music or whatever, yeah. like to show like everything that we're kind of about, you know, over here on Earth. A map so of our of solar things, system. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And one of the things they included is a blood sample, a type A blood sample, right? Mm-hmm. And that'll be important later. So yeah. um, this alien ship, this giant alien ship is coming towards Earth um, and they make contact, right? And they send out a message saying basically uh we own you now you're our slaves so uh get ready to be dominated human race because we're coming right mm-hmm. yep and the um, doctor is uh sleeping yes he's out of commission he is regenerating mm-hmm. so it's up uh, to the prime minister to try to handle it in the meantime right like what right do her best <laughs> right um so let's see should, what should we talk about um aliens look cool yeah yeah. Well, we should we should talk briefly about Rose Tyler. Um, again, she's a companion to the doctor. Essentially, what that means is 
the doctor is this immortal time lord alien. He he has the, he has this love of humans because of their human nature, kind of like he's just fascinated by this human race. So mm-hmm. he comes to Earth all the time, like finds Q. a human that he likes, uh, yeah, and is like, yeah. hey, you want to come do adventures with me? Um, and sometimes there's somewhat of a romantic uh, kind of thing um, where. Mm. Well, a lot of the companions, they just fall in love with the doctor, but the doctor is like kind of a weird asexual alien that doesn't reciprocate. So it's like right. a, a weird reoccurring trend where these female companions fall in love with this immortal alien. Emotionally uh, unavailable alien. And I figured yeah. that's what this was till we met the boyfriend. Well, mm, right. yeah. And the boyfriend, Mickey, um, unfortunately, basically is treated very badly by Rose throughout the season, throughout the show, because... Um, every time the doctor shows up, she's like, Oh, I'm going with the doctor. And he's like, well, what about me? Like, I thought we were happy, you know, back here at home. Um, and she's like, but I need to go see the stars. So he can never compete with the doctor. Um, (sighs) but he gets a happy ending in in the end. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Jean-Luc loved space first before anything else too, you know, any, that's right. That's kind of what the Donald Noble character, what makes her so good is that after two young, um, attractive, companions who are in love with the doctor being rose mm-hmm. and martha jones mm-hmm. they want to do something different so they have a more platonic relationship with donna noble where they almost have a brother sister vibe and um there's no romantic tension between them so right and we'll meet her refreshing. when we get to yeah runaway bride yeah. so cool, cool cool and like okay. i said she comes back she's she may, actually becomes a really good character she's coming back i was 2023 by that back, right yeah yes. cool yeah um but christmas invasion so the mm-hmm. doctor's out of commission. Um, the prime minister and these scientists and these generals and everything are like, okay, we need to, you know, handle this. The president of the U.S. is like trying to butt in, and and prime minister's like, no, we're not. You're, we're not going to start a war. Too warlike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is very, you know, this show is very two thousands, very war of ter- war on terror, which was happening at the time, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, George W. Bush, maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, great guy. <laughs> um, yep. Anyways. So they try to what? play hardball, right? They're like, we're not going to give in your demands, at which point aliens are like, well, check this out. And then all of a sudden, like one third of humanity starts walking to the edge of buildings right, and they're like right. holding one third of humanity hostage. And it's like, oh, shit. You yes, they're they somehow do? psychically controlling one third of humanity. They all walk up to a high place and they're standing on a ledge like they're going to jump. And they say, if you don't comply with us, we will have all these people jump to their deaths. Which is a so, crazy, like, I like this part. I'm like, that's like yeah. pretty threatening. Like, all, Love and they it. showed like different cities around Europe and stuff. It's like, it's not just England. This is worldwide. This is happening. And I right. think they stayed in Europe because at first I was like, that's not the right time zone. But they were in Rome and I think it would still be daytime. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, so the prime minister gets beamed up to this alien spaceship. She's like, let me go talk to these people as the representative of Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the general tries to talk shit, gets vaporized. Like they're not yeah. playing games. Like they show the main business. Yeah. And the scientist who was like, this is all my fault. I put the type a blood in it in and everything. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Best joke real quick. My God, look at them. If when they take the helmets off, they could look like us, like earthlings. They take off. He's like, Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, you can good. see the budget here because there's only one alien yeah. that you ever see that part of their face. Everyone else is just wearing the helmets, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do what they can, you know. Well, um, it's a cool looking design, to be fair. Yeah, that's the cool. One you do see yeah. very Star Trek. Um, 
But so the prime minister is like, hey, what's going on here? Um, please don't, you know, kill all of us, but we're not going to surrender. We're fucking humans. We are armed and we will not give up without a fight, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, you have Rose and the doctor, Jackie and Mickey back at home. They're like fretting about the doctor, like, oh, he's sick. You know, what's going on? He has two hearts because Time Lords have two hearts, of course. They have two heartbeats, uh, as mm-hmm. everyone knows. Yep. Um, His heart's is- beating. That's good. But I wish the other one would too. And you're like, ah, right. <laughs> ah yes. Yeah. yeah. I did learn What's, about that. What anatomy. else is he have two of? Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, right. So, so they're like, okay, Amer- you know, aliens are attacking. The doctor's out of commission. Earth is basically fucked. We're going to go inside of the TARDIS, which is the safest place to be because the TARDIS is like this um, super, uh, it's like, what's well, a spaceship slash time machine that is very, yeah. once you're inside of it, you can't be harmed. Like it's very powerful. It's like um, dimension so like this, door and D and D like it's kind of out of time and space once you're yeah. inside of it. Right? It's like a pocket dimension type of thing. Yeah. That's why it's bigger on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. So they take the doctor in there and they're all like, okay, we're going to hide out in, in the TARDIS until he wakes up or whatever. Meanwhile, um, by activating the TARDIS, they alert the aliens to this alien presence on earth. They're like, what is this? Let's bring it up into our spaceship. So the TARDIS gets beamed up into their mm-hmm. spaceship with uh, unbeknownst to Ricky or Mickey and Rose who are inside at the moment. Right. Um, Rose goes outside and all of a sudden she's on an alien spaceship, right? And there's aliens mm-hmm. there. Um, so now we have, you know, Rose and Mickey with the prime minister, like, Oh, Rose, Tyler, I remember you, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, and oh, yeah, like, Rose's oh, gambit. She's, she decides to try to do a Time Lord speech that she's presumably yes. heard, I assume. She tries to pretend to be the Doctor and invoke well, the, the Space Clause or something like that. She's, the yeah, she's of space. trying to project this confidence that the Doctor has. Because the Doctor, he talks his way out of a lot of situations by just being confident and charismatic and stuff. So she's mentioning all these alien races, which are references to the different aliens that she's met in that first season. So she's mm-hmm. name dropping all these aliens, the shadow proclamation, which is a real thing. Um, I'm writing. Great yeah. name. Yeah. So it's great. You get all these references to, to the first season. Um, and then after this big speech, they just all laugh at her, right? The aliens laugh at her mm-hmm. like, Oh, ha, ha, you're funny. Um, but we're going to kill you now. Yep. Uh, and so basically they're stalling um, because the doctor is out of commission. The one person that can kind of save all of earth and uh, there's this funny bit where Jackie Tyler, Rose's mom, is like, all he needs is like a nice cup of tea. You know, that's the British way. Just have a nice cup of tea. That'll fix mm-hmm. you right up. And then that's what ends up, um, you know, helping him in the end yep. because Mickey spills some tea in the TARDIS. It kind of gets soaked up into the doctor. He's like, that's all I needed. I'm back in action, right? He comes out mm-hmm. and uh, it's the doctor, right? Wearing the power his of jams. tea and his Jimmy Jams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want some to shout pretty- out real quick. No, he we get attacked by the Christmas tree and he saves them and he like then he's like ran out of energy like that's a fun scene so that's when they that's did right. hide into the TARDIS the so he had to use some energy good. and it kind of slowed down his recovery even more but the right. tea did the job I, and I do want to mention I liked the president when she like is like hey England like you know this sucks but like one third of us are gonna die because we will not roll over I'm like you are crazy right now to like like yeah that's it was pretty dark but like you know. And she's so like, I'm the sorry, many, right? 
it's not the queen's speech. Where's where's the royal family? Oh, they're up on the roof. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess they have type A blood. Yeah, um, they all have inbreds. the same blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. We get some. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty heavy Star Wars yeah, it, references. It, yeah. Mm. Star Wars, mean? Star Trek's. No, I say wars, and that we sort of get this little duel at the end. He's beheaded, oh, yeah. and he very right. much calls out, like, wow. no, I know what sort of man I am now, and it, you know, becomes yes. reaction-oriented. It is a vampire. So he yeah. comes out in a robe and pajamas, right? He's like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm the doctor. I'm here now. I'm going to save the day. He's talking, talking to the aliens. He's like, oh, a big threatening button that I'm not supposed to push, right? Calls their bluff, pushes it. Turns out they're using blood control, but they can only... Like he says, you can only hypnotize someone so far because the survival instinct will take over. So they couldn't actually kill them with the blood control. They were just bluffing and taking them yeah. right up to the edge, right? That's so I like that aspect go, right? of it too. Me he just too. called their bluff and was like, this is bullshit. Like, you can't do that. You're not that powerful. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice twist as well. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Does he also so it turns out, you know, they're controlling all the type A blood people in the world because they took this sample from the probe, but you can't convince someone to kill yourself that easily. So he releases everyone from the control. Then he's like, I challenge you to combat, you know, trial by combat, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we get a big sword fight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets his hand chopped off. And you might be surprised, but this hand becomes a big plot point later, like two seasons from now. Because <laughs> he keeps the hand because it has Time Lord properties to it that he can use. I like to hear that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought and it eventually, the... yeah. he recovers it. <laughs> yeah, he recovers the hand. Got eventually it. in season four, he almost regenerates but ends up diverting his regeneration energy into this hand and creating a new copy of himself which is the copy that goes and lives with rose in the parallel dimension and they live happily ever after wow incredible so, so the hand yes. is important but for now <laughs> it falls yes. off the spaceship uh, um Luke. yeah so he, he he's like luckily i'm still in my regeneration phase i can do this regrows his hand uh insane fights some more he's like you know, defeats I like this him. is a fighting hand. Yeah. I've generated a better a fighting, fighting hand, hand now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I, this is truly where I'm like, oh, I know what I don't like about Doctor Who. It's corny. It's not that it's twee. <laughs> yeah. It's it's corny. <laughs> it has its yeah. It's very silly sometimes. It's very it can yeah. be cheesy. Um, it has but charm. Kind of, that's kind There's of what I, you know. It. Yeah. It has its it's endearing to me at times. Like it definitely goes overboard at times where I'm like I'm rolling my eyes like. Uh, especially in some other Doctor eras where it gets a little too silly for me, but I still like the David Tennant era. I think um, he has a nice balance because he's got this hidden darkness to to him that comes out sometimes. That's what I really like is that this whole twee, quirky facade is all to hide just how lonely and sad he is as like a person, uh, which I think is good. Yeah, well, he's going to the point this, where he's going to murder this guy, and Rose yeah. has to be like, "Yo, chill out, chill out, Doctor," because we still yes. don't know who he is, what kind of man he is, right? Well, that's the thing. We, yeah, he, we get the hint, and the the best part of the second episode is when Donna says, "You need someone to say no to you." I think exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. and that's a running theme of Doctor Who. Um, but I love this ending where he defeats the alien. He's like, "All right, give up, pledge that you will leave Earth and never come back." And then um, he turns around. He's like, well, that was easy. They're walking back. The alien tries to come at him from behind. And he, you know, they had this whole bit where he keeps finding fruit in the robe because of, you know, Jackie's um, man friend likes to keep, you know, fruit in his robe. Mm -hmm. So he's like, a Satsuma. Why is there a Satsuma in my robe? Throws it at the button. As this guy's attacking, he falls off, dies. He's like, 
no second chances. That's what kind of man I am. And I, I mm-hmm. thought that was like, I love that part too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the stuff where he's figuring out like the, when he's even confronting them with the blood pot, he's like, you know who, maybe I am the type of man that would just press this button. You don't know. I don't know either. This is crazy. I'm like, okay, okay. I, you're a little unhinged, buddy. I, I like this. Yeah. It's good David Tennant acting. I'm, I'm here for that. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's the doctor in a nutshell. Like he is, he is a little unhinged. You can never guess what he's going to do next. And like I said, he has this hidden darkness. He's like, he's murdered a lot of people in his time, like as time, as a time Lord, like he has to kill people sometimes. Right. And, you know, he hates guns and he hates violence. He's very against that kind of thing. He would much rather use words to work things out. But when he has to, he will go like, he will go dark and he will fucking fuck you up. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, so that's kind of my, you know, as not seeing this show, really my introduction to the David Tennant doctor. And I was like, okay, there's some layers to this guy. I kind of dig it. And there was like, you have a Star Trek space trial and then a Star Wars sword fight. Like <laughs> it's a little bit of that DNA happening here. Yeah. Like a tribunal. Yeah. With aliens. So I like I was like, okay. Yeah. But he's willing to, you know, he's willing to let them go and be in peace and everything. He's willing to, he holds the sword to the guy's neck, but he's not going to kill him. But then as soon as he attacks from behind, he's like, no second chances. That's what kind of man I right. am. Then he tells the rest of them, now get out of here and tell everybody yes. that Earth is off limits and it's going to be fine. But it then is what happens? Defended. Yeah, yeah, then we get this great scene. They go back to Earth. <laughs> They're all like celebrating stuff. He's talking They're to leaving. Harry Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're leaving. It is defended. Harry Jones, the prime minister, is like, she's calling Torchwood on the phone, which Torchwood is this secret organization. That's basically like the X-Files or whatever. They Mm kind of deal with alien threats. They're a secret government organization. Um, And turns out they have, they've been building this super weapon in secret just for this occasion in case anyone invades the earth. And as this spaceship is flying away, defeated, surrendered. Yes. And she orders them to be fired on destroys the ship and murders yep. all the aliens and the doctor is like what the fuck yeah he's like look i had to do it you know it's a tough decision and this is very war on terror to me because this is exactly yeah. what i feel like real america would have done in the 2000s oh, yeah. <laughs> or even now you like, don't get to leave yeah <laughs> like you're our enemy we're not letting you go like because she says like oh they'll just go tell other people and you're not always here doctor like we can't always rely on you Two right. people died today because you were taking a nap, you know? So yeah. she made the tough decision. He's very against it because, yeah. But she made the tough decision. decision. Especially with space. The power I mean, of, come on. Well, but the doctor uses the power of misogyny to be like, <laughs> doesn't the prime minister look old? And basically yeah. gets her recalled by Whit. <laughs> oh, yeah. She looks tired <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. She looks tired. She look she's, tired. A, she's a woman. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, he's yeah. dark. But look, but that you was don't cross crazy the doctor. twist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No second chances, he says. <laughs> um But really, I mean the doctor, he's not like he's not like a perfect character. Like, he has flaws. He's very full of himself because he's this all powerful immortal character. He has like a huge ego, and that's like gets him into trouble sometimes. And he's like basically the ending of David Tennant's arc is that he um, is like, wait, what? Cause he, he's battling this idea of like, can I save everyone? Can I not save everyone? Like he always wants to save people, but there's these fixed points at time in time where you can't save people. He goes to Pompeii in one episode. And like, events. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't save everyone in Pompeii. Donna, who's with him at the time convinces him to try to save people. He ends up causing 
Pompeii to happen because he's just he's fighting. You know, he's he's either can kill this alien force that's going to destroy the world, or and by doing that, let Pompeii, you know, let the volcano happen. Yeah. So he realizes that, like, no matter what he does, people are going to die. Um, but his Dang. end, kind of the end of his arc is like, you know what? I can control time. I'm better than time. I own time. Like wow. uh, I make the rules and he becomes you know the time? doctor Fuck victorious. You. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. it's a very interesting arc that he has. Fascinating. The doctor okay. victorious. Yeah. If you want to see more about that, watch cool this special title. called the waters of Mars, which is a fantastic special. Well, he's uh, not one of my Mars. favorite episodes. We'll get into that next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is They're a classic. Not- all the specials Sorry. are not holiday specials. There are just like specials. Okay. Yeah. So after his third season, he did a year where he just did four specials in a year. And two of those were not oh. Christmas specials. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Um, and so the waters of Mars, which I would highly recommend, it's kind of a thing like scenario where he goes to this mm. Mars base. It's the first Mars base in the near future. The human, right. you know, humans have colonized Mars and eventually it ends up, he's trying to, he knows that these people have to die because it's like, it's like a canon event, but he tries to save them anyways. He saves the, um, the, the leader of this expedition. They go back to earth and she's like, you shouldn't have done that. Like I was supposed to die and she literally kills herself. Wow. <laughs> and so like, that's one of the last things that David Tennant doctor sees is like him trying to save people. And then she just killed herself anyways. Pretty Wild. crazy stuff. But so watch that episode, but we're not talking about that. No, but so yeah, wow. the Christmas invasion, that's pretty much where we're at. He regenerates, he saves the day, but the prime minister is, uh, you know, not on my watch, which, you know, yeah, you go to space, there's going to be thousands of alien races. Who Who's going to say, oh, Earth, Earth's defended? I'm, I'm a badass. Let me go, you know, you know. Yeah. It's dangerous. But yeah, uh, again, very, very war on terror, very 2000s kind of politics. Um Mm-hmm. Picks his kind clothes. Of a political commentary. Yeah. And then he picks his clothes and has Christmas. Yeah, we dinner. get a nice right. montage. He's picking his clothes out, um, having a nice dinner with the Tyler family. And then they go outside. They're like, it's snowing, it's snowing. And this is another like quirky but dark thing where it's like, oh, it's not snow. That's that's the ship breaking up in the atmosphere that they destroyed. That's ash, not snow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's crazy. You're like, oh yeah, damn, yeah. not so nice, I guess. <laughs> The mass cremation so, in the sky, yeah, yeah. Great. And I feel like that kind of describes Doctor Who, or at least New Who, in a nutshell. It's like quirky again. It's a quirky facade hiding a lot darker things. Interesting. Okay, now that you pitch it to me like that, I'm like, okay, that's going to help me frame the way I think of the next episode a little bit more. I think because yeah. this next one felt very quirky. So yes. Um, now this that one's we've... not my favorite. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's the next Tenet special, and that's what we promised to do, and damn it, we did it. So I think now we'll jump on over to uh, The Invasion Has Been Stopped, and now we'll talk to The Runaway Bride right after this. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we are talking the hit Julia Roberts film, The Runaway Bride. No, actually. Nice wrong. We're talking the Doctor Who holiday special, the second one, The Runaway Bride, starring David Tennant and introducing Donna, as you said, who's Catherine Tate. Is that our our actress here? That's right. Catherine Tate. American audiences may know her from The Office, where she was on the later... Oh, the UK couple office, of, the later of course. What's mm-hmm. that? No, 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 she was on The American office. Uh, past when it was good, really. Past the Michael oh, Scott seasons. Uh, right. But you yeah, might remember her from that. Just kind of a, a loud British lady. Uh, 
But before this, she was known. She had her own uh, comedy show. It was it was called the Catherine Tate Show, I believe. It was sort of mm. a variety uh, type of show. So she was a very well known like Tracy Ullman vibes. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could see that. So hmm. She's a well known okay. British comedian before coming on the show. So she kind of already was known. Um, right. And uh, again, this episode takes place after season two. There's a big dramatic finale. Rose Tyler gets trapped in this alternate. Uh, dimension you know the doctor is very sad about it which is kind of the main theme of this episode is that he's just like i, I miss rose i miss rose every time he sees a, a woman with a blonde hair she's like that reminds me of rose <laughs> yeah and that's like i wish i had more context for that because like i understood like she's either in another dimension or something you know because he says she's not dead but i was like you could tell he's really bummed out about it. Like that's a, one of the themes, you know, of this. Yes. Thing. Well, um, him and Rose had this great bond that really defined the first two seasons of Doctor Who. Right. And even to this day, like Rose is one of the most popular companion characters because she mm-hmm. was so like, um, she just really defined that era of who for so many people. And this right. was, you know, Billy Piper. She was a, uh, music art, musical artist before jumping into acting, um, mm-hmm. did Doctor Who. And then she was like, I want to leave and do other things did the show called secret diary of a call girl, which was very like different. Oh, I've from- seen that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've also okay. seen Penny dreadful, of course, but I don't know. She's oh, like okay. a Lily Allen contemporary or saying she was like a pop star, a British pop star oh. before, uh, before hmm. jumping to acting. Did we um, say real quick, Jacob, is it worth mentioning? Um, I don't know what the specific term of what she is here, but obviously the Brits are so interested in the class differences too. Rose kind of portrays what do you call like a chuv, a, a chav? Cockney, you, yeah. She has a cockney yes, accent, very strong okay. cockney right. accent, which is associated with the lower, like the working class. You know, England, they have many, many different accents or varieties of their accents. They have received mm-hmm. pronunciation, which is like what posh, Brit, you know, the queen speaks, right? RP, and it's called. Obviously, mm. the doctor is a little more posh. Yes, but the doctor, yeah, he. Has he speaks in an estuary English accent, which is kind of the oh. middle ground between RP oh. and like a lower class accent. Learning wow. a whole history of accents and stuff. Which, by the way, David Tennant, uh, a Scottish man. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. if you ever see him in interviews or anything, he has his natural accent is a Scottish accent. So he's well, doing and, an accent in this role. And yeah. I pumped right. up Christopher Eccleston as well, correct? I mean, there aren't they both? He, uh, uh, he's from the Northern England, so he has a northern accent kind of like a, a sean bean type of accent ah, um, sean bean. yeah 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 uh there's there's a lot of minor differences between these accents but basically it is interesting though for being an island that's not huge in area just the variety yeah. of dialects and let you know right really that the scottish is you know incomprehensible and he's you know instead i'm doctor who how are and he's you know yeah. I mean, it's, yes. that's wild yeah it's very much like a british person doing an american accent or something like it's very hey, how are you yeah you Colin, you're saying card. like in, he's in that uh ducktales the the ducktales uh remake <laughs> kind of he's scrooge he's he very scrooge scottish McDuck. in it yes hey. yeah he's very scottish in the show it's great that's by awesome. the way david Tennant, born david mcdonald uh, is his real uh, name. McDonald's. When he joined the British Actors Union, there was already a David McDonald, so he had to change his name. That's why he goes by David Tennant. That's not his awesome. real name. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That is a or fun not his fact. First name. So, yeah, yeah, when you join an Actors Union like that, you have, sometimes you have to change your name. And he was a young actor at the time. He kind of just uh, was looking in a music magazine and picked out uh, – there's this 
group called the Pet Shop Boys, a British uh, music mm-hmm. group. And one of the members is called Neil Tennant. So we just took that last name and said, I'm David oh, Tennant. Is middle name? No, wow. it's, it's a completely different name. <laughs> just from a band, um, Pet Shop Boys. That's, that's a very yeah. fun fact. Okay, okay. That happens uh, sometimes. Like, Emma Stone, her real name is Emily Stone. She changed it when she joined the Union in America because there was already an Emily Stone. A lot of people don't know that either. Just right, right. Weird facts. Sorry, Sean. We already have a Connery. I guess I'll go with Bean. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, that's very funny. Um, Sounds, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the class divide, even in the languages, it's well, kind of where we're at. But yeah. and, and there's a class divide here because we're introduced to Donna. We'll talk about that in a second. But even her character, mm-hmm. with her so much being like, I was working in this office that was a little lower class, but then I ended up going to this posh one. And this HR rep, he didn't have to bring, because, you know, I'm at this level of employment. And he's at this. He mm-hmm. didn't have to be kind to someone like me. Like, you see it in all UK stuff. It's so right. weird. Absolutely. And with the Billy, with the uh, Rose Tyler stuff, that was class was a big part of that, too, because she lived in a council estate, which is like a kind of like um, the project, what's, basically. What's that mm-hmm. movie we watched one time, Jacob? Fish Tank? Is that what it is? The Fish Tank, much yeah. About those Andrea Arnold, director. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's a good Fassbender. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, so a prevalent theme in British media is this kind of class. Yeah, class is a big – I mean, they have their whole history with class where, yeah. um, you know, there's posh people and there's working class people. They don't always get along. The royal family. Family. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Donna is like a working class person. She's doing – she's temping. Like she just needs a job, so she's temping at an office. She's not – special or unique in any, or any way. She's just a very normal person, right? That's kind of how we meet her as. But essentially what happens is, like I said, there's this big season finale. He says goodbye to Rose for the last time, gets in his TARDIS, zooms off. He's kind of sulking in the TARDIS. Literally minutes later from, because oh, this is a cliffhanger right. in season two in the last episode that continues into this. She appears out of nowhere, this bride, and he's like, what? So how did you get in the TARDIS? Yeah. yeah, she's literally walking the aisle on her wedding day to marry her groom-to-be, who she met at her, that job, and disappears literally and appears on the TARDIS. So, like, she's in her wedding yes. dress and everything, and nobody knows what's going on. And she's very short with the doctor. You know, where am I? You tell me what. It's, like, it's very fun. Yes. Um, and he's grieving. I'm learning so much here, the curse words that she's calling him and the things that she's saying. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's confused because, you know... To, for someone to just appear in the TARDIS is very strange. Transwarp uh, beaming be shouldn't be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Scotty hasn't figured um, out the formula. So, yeah, let's see what happens. They go to Earth. Well, he's just yeah. kind enough to be like, oh, shit. Well, all right. I'm, I'm in the middle of I'll something, but back. if you got to go to Earth, I'll do it. Like, he's very accommodating, I, I feel, in this episode. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she's being very short with him, which is understandable because she was just about to get married. She's got a lot of emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Donna is a character that I didn't like at first when I first saw this episode way back. Uh, in the I was day. very frustrated with this first scene. I'm like, this is a whole <laughs> yeah. episode of this, but it, it yeah. got better. Yeah. But the thing is, like, she her character does grow on you a lot, and especially not even just this episode, but when she comes back for her mm-hmm. regular season appearances, like she gets a lot better and. 
the stuff they do with her family later on is very good too. Um, this, the family's not so good either because they're just kind of like, yeah. But I was just sold background. so much by the ending. Like her literally saying mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I don't need to do this. Like I've got my own life. I was like, you know what? Donna's cool. <laughs> and that's very much her character in season four when she becomes the companion. She's there to like stop the doctor when he goes too far. And like her first adventure with him, he's about to do some like, like sus shit. And she's like, wait a minute. What are we doing? Like this doesn't seem right, and so she's not afraid to like call out the doctor when you think when she thinks he's wrong. So I really like that about her too. It's like the voice of reason when there's unlimited power on the table, you know. Yeah, yeah. And again, like he's, his angle. his first two companions were these young twenty something girls that like you know were kind of idolized him and would never yeah. kind of call him out on his shit. Never you want the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Donna is not afraid to call him out. So um, I like that about her. Yep. So he's like, yeah, I'll take you back to your wedding. Sure. Um, but his his mind is inquisitive. Oh, yeah. It's very much, who does your boss work for? What do you do? Yeah. He's asking these questions to really pinpoint, why did this happen exactly? Yeah. Because yeah. he knows it's got to be some kind of, something's weird's going on. People don't just show up in the TARDIS for no reason. Um, yeah. They go down to Earth. They're like, we need to get to Chiswick. We're going to Chiswick, uh, <laughs> where the wedding, where she lives, and where the wedding is, and everything. And they get in a cab. She's like, "Do you have money?" He's like, "No, I don't have money. Uh, mm-hmm. I never have money." <laughs> Do you have He's money? Like, Why don't you have money? We get a pocket. I don't joke. have bloody pockets. I'm wearing yeah, a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, eventually, so we see the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. We see the return of these pilot fish, right? These robot scavengers dressed as Santa Clauses. As they were in the previous one, they, we should mention they had the same Santa yes. outfits and little masks. So, Yeah, so that's a callback to the first one. And the spinning mm-hmm. Christmas tree, which we didn't talk about too much, but that's a fun little thing. Remote right? controlled. We have another remote controlled Christmas threat later in this. Yeah, well, it this is a one tree, we but have they have a different mechanism. Ornament bombs, right? Yes, the ornaments, not the tree. It spins into a saw. But yeah, they come back. They're trying to chase her. She's like... Uh, screw you, Doctor Who. I'm going to my wedding, and like she just gets in a cab, um, and dips basically. But little does she know the driver is one of these robots. Yeah, so the Doctor has to pursue. So chase her in the TARDIS. There's a big uh, chase on the highway where she has to jump from the taxi to the TARDIS. To open the door and jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trust me. And she's the screwdriver. Again, he's referencing this friend that he lost throughout. Where he's like, I, "Oh, that belongs to my friend." Uh, I lost her, but he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't say whether she's alive or dead yet. But then when Don is like, well, did your friend trust you? And he's like, yeah, but she's alive. So you can trust me. And then he yeah. jumps, she jumps. And then, yeah. So the seeds of that stuff, I really, I, I liked when it's like, cause I'm like, damn that you could tell that's like a, it's a, it's a touching, it's a touchy subject for the doctor. And I'm like, okay, there's something that I need. I don't know enough of this Rose character. Yeah. Clearly like, you know, really important. Absolutely. Um, get that darkness like you said so they end up on this the roof of this building they're like he's like the doc the tardis needs a little time to recharge it's not used to like flying like that that much Mm -hmm. um so they have this nice bonding moment where they're kind of getting to know each other a little better and um you know the doctor is starting to like donna like as a person right he's starting to like get to know her and she's and uh just kind of they're becoming friends yeah Mm -hmm. yep yep um, one thing that I feel like when I was watching this, specifically the highway stuff, and like he's using his little screwdriver to unlock doors, I'm like, this is giving Harry Potter. 
Like it's it's very <laughs> similar. It's like oh, Newt sure. Scamander is very much just a Doctor Who doctor. Like absolutely yep, the real world, yes. the Muggle world. Normal people don't know what the fuck's I going on. They have no idea that aliens are here. Yeah. Made the choice, Mike. Do I want to be Doctor Who or do I want to be Newt Scamander? I bet yeah, Eddie Redmayne could have been yeah. a doctor for sure. Easily, um, easily. The and the way the wand works, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'll mention wand, what, you know. what the sonic screwdriver is. That's another thing that dates back to the '60s, where they're like, yeah. he has this tool. He, the thing about the doctor, he hates guns. He never carries weapons. He has this tool called the sonic screwdriver. It can't mm-hmm. hurt people. It can't kill people. But what it can do is it mainly opens locks, manipulates digital things. Like it has a whole range of uses, but it's just. Mm-hmm. It's, it can't be used as a weapon, basically. When they right. go to this bar to, for the reception of the wedding, which is what they've tracked That's down right. to Donna's reception, and they open a flip phone and he puts the sonic screwdriver to it, Jacob, I was like, ah, flip phones, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. could not believe it. He's trying to download yeah, all the different info or whatever. But yeah. yeah. That was but that's kind of where it borders on like it's sometimes more science fantasy than than or what would you call it science yeah. fantasy rather than science fiction where it's like correct you kind of explain you can hand wave away all the technology like yeah the sonic screwdriver can do whatever the writers need it to do for that like the locks in that cab were probably not electronic they were simply yeah. mechanical oh, locks no. that he just you know it's <laughs> telekinesis is <laughs> you can yeah but it can manipulate mechanical locks the one thing it can't do right. and this is a rule that they stick to it doesn't do wood. So if there's a wood door that's locked, he can't Damn. open it. But if it's metal or anything else, he can. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Get me out of here. <laughs> so Christmas Sorry, Town is wood. safe. The wood box. Yeah, he can't open that door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surround him with wood. Oh, wow. Uh, that's aggressive. Um, but yeah, that, that was giving big Harry Potter, like Hagrid's motorbike flying through Muggle Town, you know, with the car that's great. Free yes, I yeah. see that 100%. And again, there's a lot of crossover between... You know, the, the British acting scene is pretty incestuous. So every British actor has either done Harry <laughs> Potter or Doctor Who. Well, it's, they point. literally yeah. call it the British pension scheme. It's for <laughs> theater actors to get retirement money is basically like you were the greatest Macbeth of your day. And now you'll be a guy who goes, I'm a vampire in, in you know, the 16th century. Right. Oh my God. And even David Tennant, yeah. of course, was in Harry Potter. He played yes, Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah. Yes. He's so good. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is good in that role. Um, there's also a lot of a lot of uh, Doctor Who actors have done Marvel, strangely enough, in their times. Of course, you yeah, know, Karen Gillan, yeah. um, many others. But Morbius. I watched we a, talked a about YouTube it a little montage. bit on the watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not quite Marvel, um, but yeah, yeah. But like a lot of the main Doctors and um, companions have been on at some point, and you know, Chris Reckleston was in Thor. Anyways, it's not that important. Um, yeah, but the, the webs we weave, speaking of webs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will say my exposure to Christopher Eccleston was 28 days later where I saw him in that movie and I was like, oh, cool. I don't know who that is. And mm-hmm. then when he was cast as the villain of Thor, people said, you know, that's Doctor mm. Who, right? No. And I was like, that show is still on. And that's definitely the first time I heard of this remake. So, yes. Oh, wow. And that was the, yeah, it was coming back. Uh, and 28 days later was before Dr. Hugh. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. So they, so they go back to the, they wedding, go to the wedding. She's pissed. She sees her husband. Well, they're having a reception with without her. Yes. Yeah. She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Her husband, Lance or her fiance. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
you know, the doctor's still trying to get to the bottom of like, what's going on? What is special about this Donna lady? Mm -hmm. uh, so you find out she, he, she works at this company called HC Clements. Through some digging on the internet, he finds that HC Clements is a subsidiary of Torchwood, which again, if you saw the season two finale, uh, Torchwood was a big part of it, where they're like this secret uh, organization that was doing all this alien technology stuff behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, basically, any that's, alien... Yeah. But that's airing by now. Spin -off What's show. that? Torchwood this, has been on? The spinoff show is airing or not yet? Torchwood it would start airing, I believe the first season was uh, season two. Yeah. So was, Okay. Okay. But, well, actually season three, because Torchwood first comes on as a, it's it's something in Doctor Who. So in the season right. two finale, it's a big part of that, um, where basically any alien technology that ends up on Earth, they kind of take it, take it apart, see, try to figure out how it works and that kind of thing. So they're always, so they're coming up with different technology and stuff. Uh, eventually it gets its own spinoff where Captain Jack Harkness, which is a character in season one, uh, played by John Barrowman. Um, he, he's the lead of that show. And that's a lot of fun. Um, again, that's like the more adult spinoff of Dr. Who, where they have sex and say curse words and stuff. Yeah. Probably on BBC two then where you could show nudity, which is yeah. very interesting. <laughs> they, can, they would literally drop F bonds. Like they would just say, fuck uncensored i'm like i don't know how they do that but the government pays for it i don't understand it either i don't know. yeah yep. i do That's want to shout out uh russell t davis the showrunner a gay man who uh put a lot of lgbt representation into doctor who in this era and um this character captain jack harkness who was a very popular character in season one he was another time traveler that um the doctor would meet and stuff uh, was an openly bisexual character on TV in the 2000s, which doesn't seem like a big deal now, but it kind of was at the time. Mid-2000s, um, pre-10. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a different time. It's wild. So yeah, it was a very sort of forward show at the time where they were not afraid to shy away from that stuff. So I like that. Kinda right, shout and that even out. With, with Loki, people are still like, whoa, he's bisexual Loki. It's like, chill out. So to do that, you know, almost 20 years ahead, it's like, wow. Like yeah. If you read real Norse mythology, he like fucks a horse. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> relax. <laughs> this is pretty tame. But yeah, yeah, that is very ahead of its time, Jacob. That's good to point out. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And even like the, you know, Rose, her boyfriend is black. They had an inter interracial right. uh, relationship and everything. So they weren't afraid to shy away from what dumb people call woke now. Right. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Things that are exist Dr. in real woke. life. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Woke. woke, dude. Dr. Woke. That's what <laughs> I call this it. show. Yeah. Man. Right. Um, <laughs> Wow. So let's see. Where was I? Um, so we, we yes, figured out something so to the wedding reception. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. So well, he puts this damper on her. He sees a blonde woman. He's like, oh, I remember <laughs> my blonde friend. <laughs> Breakdown. Yeah. Uh, and then he realizes that they're still coming after Donna. So he's like, we got to get out of here now the ornaments start going off the ornament bombs. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, him and Donna and Lance go to HC Clements. They're like, we got to figure out what's going on. 
There's mm-hmm. a secret basement, right? So they go down to this secret floor. A, sorry, real quick. There's a scene where he's literally just walking through the computer terminals where she works. He's just pointing his screwdriver at the computer says <laughs> he goes. He's just yeah. kind of like asking questions. He's like, so like, what do you guys do here again? And he's like getting information just by going like zap, 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 zap. Yeah, that yeah. is very yeah. silly. I like it. That's the Harry Potter. That's, uh, the more I get yeah. to see the screwdriver, I'm like, okay. <laughs> they, yeah, they love to use the sonic screwdriver in Doctor Who. And again, <laughs> Just fill any role. And each doctor, you know, gets their own TARDIS interior every generation because it kind of regenerates with the doctor because it usually gets destroyed or whatever. Um, So it gets redesigned a lot. And then they get their own sonic screwdrivers. So they get a redesign of that. Think, what is David Tennant's interior? It's just kind of like industrial, right? Yeah, his interior is not my favorite. Like there's later doctors that have much nicer interiors. His is kind of like old and falling apart and kind of looks yeah, like it's like exposed open cell <laughs> foam duct tape to a railing yeah it's like pretty rough interesting <laughs> but that was kind of his vibe i'm doing but, okay i'm yeah. i'm holding it all together you're like that's okay. true <laughs> but when he regenerates into matt smith like the inside of the tardis literally just like explodes because it's a very violent process where he's shooting like fire out of his limbs and stuff wow okay (laughs) yeah so matt smith's first episode it crashes into the earth and he's like okay i need to leave it alone and let it regenerate inside the tardis for a while and then he comes back later and it's a new interior so it's like a mahogany apartment it's like a wood cabin he's like oh great (laughs) yeah you can't do anything with your screwdriver in there but it's nice (laughs) yeah Um, uh, that's cool though. I didn't know. Like getting a different bridge in Star Trek, essentially. But yeah, uh, so David Tennant yeah. has the Enterprise bridge. It's just industrial and shitty. Right. Um, that's why I compare it so much to Star Trek because it's like the different. You know, Star Trek just had different shows with different crews and stuff. Whereas Doctor Who, it's one long running show, but essentially every era is its own show because it's a new Doctor, it's a new everything kind of. New interior, the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it takes okay. on the personality and the vibes of that Doctor. Right. But uh, to go runaway briding, though, we um, yes. the secret basement. We they're manufacturing these particles that. Well, he, they, David Tennant's figured out, right? Mike, I hate to I hate to backtrack again, but he no, does point out that there is a button in the elevator labeled "secret floor," whatever, and he says like, and if if that button's there, then surely there is one in there. But go, <laughs> oh yeah, you're right, and they do get in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. If, if there's a button to press, he's going to press it. We learned that in this, this Christmas invasion. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> um, so they go. They're seeing all this stuff, and he's like, "Man, they're doing all this advanced technology that I didn't even know that they were doing." These humans, um. And then we meet our antagonist, finally, right? Mm-hmm. The Spider Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, this is incredible. There's a spider spaceship being foreshadowed every once in a while. And it's like, okay. Yes. There's a, looks- a, a system of web up in space, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay, a web-shaped, it's a star-shaped yeah. web spaceship. Mm-hmm. Um, but she finally, you know, beams down eventually. And we meet the... Now I forget. Oh, what is this? The Rachnos, the Empress of the Rachnos. <laughs> yes, the which Rachnos. is. Uh, I like this makeup. Actually, it's a little again, low budget looking, maybe, but a little stage. Yeah, but it kind of looks like a fine. Power Rangers villain from the nineties or something. She yeah. certainly does. The issue <laughs> yeah. I have is Russell T. Davis's note to her was obviously never stop moving, move as yes. much as you can, <laughs> because yeah, the way yeah. that they shoot it, like she's in this like rig, so she can't move her feet. She can just move her upper body because she's attached to this spider 
thing, right? If, yeah, <laughs> centaur a centaur spider. <laughs> spider Parkinson's kingdom. She is incapable yeah. of holding her body still. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I also like that she understands human humor and references and she's just like making jokes the whole uh-huh. time <laughs> yeah 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 it's very she studied fun. her opponent she studied yeah <laughs> i want to know everything about them their culture you basically yeah. calls donna a cuck <laughs> uh-huh. yeah because oh, oh, of course the big twist so um you know we see this spider-man spider-woman uh mm-hmm. lance the fiance kind of runs off. You think, oh, he's, is he being a coward? Is he running away? Then we yeah. see he's grabbed this like fire axe. He's going to attack. He's going to sneak up on this spider and get it with the axe, right? Mm-hmm. And so Donna's like talking to her, distracting her and everything. And then finally he goes to do it. And he's like, psych, I was working mm-hmm. with her the whole time. I love her. <laughs> yep. So and that's Lance. the twist. And that's what's sad about Donna is that she was tricked by this guy who never loved her um and was dosing her with these particles for six months right now yeah, that's what the tea say was or the coffee yeah rick yes but we do see the flashbacks when she's explaining her courting relationship to david Tennant, where she's basically chasing this man <laughs> yeah she's like yeah he wouldn't take no for an answer he asked me to marry her. and then we see in the flashbacks she asked him to marry her and she's like yeah chasing him trying to get her to marry him right right um, right and he has to go along with it because he's been working with this Rachnos lady the whole time. They need to dose Donna with these Huon particles because she's going to be the key that unlocks her spider children that are in the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. Which that's what we have in the hollow earth. A bunch of spider babies that have just been waiting. <laughs> I believe right. that's the plot of the next King Kong, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I do like the joke where, uh, where the doctor's like, what's down there? What's down there? Donna's like, I don't know, dinosaurs? He's like, dinosaurs? dinosaurs? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, I think there are. <laughs> He's like, no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah, I like um, that. Journey of the Sunny Earth. So, yeah, that's kind of the turn where we find out Lance is a bad guy. And he's like, God, you're thick woman. Like you didn't never suspected that, you know, I didn't really care about you, blah, blah, blah. Every night it's not David Beckham this quiz show that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, it's very British in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh wow. It's posh spice pregnant <laughs> text messages, new favors of Pringles. That's all you care about. And he's kind of, you know, he's being like, basically you're like a basic, you're like a basic bitch, right? You're a normal. Right, right. Um, and even <laughs> the doctor even says, here. like, you're not um, special. Like, he's scanning her when they first meet. Like, there's nothing special about you. You're completely boring. Why Why would they be after you? I don't understand. Like, yeah. So this kind of her being really funny. unexceptional is kind of a beat. But he's really putting her down here. Yeah, it's a lot of foreshadowing to her season where she literally becomes the most important woman in the universe uh, in her arc. So Love um, it. Humble beginnings. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, I'll just tell you basically her arc with the doctor ends with her for reasons where basically she will die unless the doctor wipes her memory of all things related to, to him. So she, oh, she has the saddest ending of all the companions where she has to go back to her normal life and either, you know, if she, if he doesn't do this, she will die. And if she remembers the doctor ever, she will die. So he wipes her memory um of all the great adventures they had and everything so it's very sad but again it gets resolved 15 years later yeah you know data comes back you know eventually yeah we've had sad parties (laughs) in star trek as well (laughs) um but no yeah so this is you know her arc is starting to like 
come like happen now, like more rapidly at the end of this episode. And this is when I'm starting to warm up to that character as well, especially once Lance yeah. turned on. I'm like, you're you're an asshole, dude. Uh, right. How can you not um, expect I was betraying you for the spider goddess? Like no one would suspect that one. Like what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, he's about? being so mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the doctor's like, I'm sorry, like because he realizes it before she does what's going on. He's just like, I'm sorry. And the um, Spider Queen and Lance did have a conversation like, okay, and then I'm going to pretend that I'm going to attack you and it's going to be so good. Like, you know, yeah. it's like they, they plan this. Again, moment. she loves, she's like doing the, pranks the and stuff. She loves it. <laughs> it very quickly yeah. becomes, now feed him the tea. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, oh. Wait a minute. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, they escape by, because. Donna can be drawn to the, the TARDIS. The TARDIS in reverse can be drawn to Donna. So they mm-hmm. escape by getting the TARDIS appearing around them. And he's like, okay, we're going back to the beginning of the universe. Because this is also a time machine, of course. It's not just a spaceship. I can travel through time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go back to the beginning of the universe, the, the Big Bang, and the creation of the Earth, where we have these particles floating around in space. And we see, oh, the Rachnos nest or whatever is the literal center of the earth and all that leave my spider eggs right here in this very safe space oh there's a planet that formed around them yeah (laughs) every time i have kids what's a great hiding spot you know yeah Uh, i I wonder what creation myth is based on the spider sack at the center of the earth that's my religion yeah 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 i'm here for it um Um, that's gonna be the new sony spider movies So then they go back to the present. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happens next. Um, well, first they, the, the 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 Empress is like, well, Donna's gone. I guess we need to use Lance as the key instead. And Lance is like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, classic. You know, it's, uh, it's yeah. Benny. You know. Right. You, you can't team up He's with the, the Benny of this episode. He's the Benny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, why are you? Why would you team up with an evil spider well, alien lady? And mm-hmm. Sorry to say, because he does say it, and it is an interesting, um, I guess, dichotomy to what the doctor he says. Like, don't you understand? She can offer me the star. She can offer me everything. Everything up there. There's so much more than this. I world. want to see what's out and, there. Yeah. And Jacob, when we get that moment of let's go to the creation universe, and they open the TARDIS doors, and she looks at it, and she says, "I, that, I mean." It is so big. Lance was right. I mean, there is so much to the universe. It is duster or, or, you know, whatever they're going to call back to say later. That is a yeah. cool moment where you're like, well, oh, yeah. Shit. And it's literally the hook that the doctor uses when having a new companion. He's like, let's, you know, I'll show you the stars. I'll show you everything that's everything. out there, mm-hmm. um, which is what all Lance wanted. So Lance could have been a companion for the doctor, but instead he aligned himself with this. But the luck and odds. <laughs> Right. That the alien who comes to your planet is a handsome British person. No, it would probably be like a spider queen who's like, come into the TARDIS with me. And you'd be right, like, oh, right. okay. And would like sit down and be like, yes, I'm your companion. No, that's what it would be. Right. Yeah, but you'd have to really challenge your, your your biases to not trust spider people because, you know, we have no reason to not trust. This one in particular is evil. But, yeah, it would probably be some <laughs> crazy He's moving creature. so much, Mike. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. just sit down. You have to adjust to it over time. Yeah, yeah. It would not be David Tennant. <laughs> but how did she contact um, him? She sent him an email. Hey, Lance, Spider Queen here. Like, I I'm, I'm fascinated too, by sending this messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like when because he's the the head of human resources, right? He's the he's the head of HR, which they make a joke about. He's like, oh, he's literally the head of human resources, and then he said, and then Lance says, this time it's or what does he say? It's like it's it's 
personnel instead of it's personal. This time it's personnel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, she turns on. She of course turns on Lance and mm-hmm. um, puts him up in her web uh, along with Donna because they do catch her. Um, and what? I'm trying to remember the finale. I just know <laughs> eventually we get Spider Baby genocide, but that's yes. Later. Well, she drops Lance down into the this tunnel that goes ah! to the center of the Earth. Um, bye bye, Lance. Yeah, and then the Spider Babies are coming. And this is where the doctor like goes full genocide and is like, mm-hmm. all right, I fucking warned you. Because basically he's like, look, I'll give you one chance to leave. I'll find you another planet right now. If you leave the earth in peace, you can go live there with your children right. and everything. And the Empress is like, why would I do that? Like, who are you? You're just some rando. And then yeah. he's like, guess what? I'm from this place. You might have heard of it. It's called Gallifrey. And then she's like, what? what? You're a fucking Time Lord? Oh, shit. shit. I'm sorry. I did not know that. Please do not kill me. <laughs> and and then, like, then he's like, it's too, too late. late. <laughs> yeah. Not how it works. Because <laughs> there is that running joke where Donna keeps being like, I'm not listening to some Martian. I'm running around with a Martian. He's like, I'm not, I'm from, not Mars. from Mars. I'm not from and Mars. And so then, yeah, the Spider Queen says, my babies will feast on Martian flesh. And he's like, I'm not from Mars. And that's yeah. when it's like, I'm from, yeah. From Gallifrey. Gallifrey. And then yeah. she's like, she has this reaction to it because the, the Time Lords killed the Rachnosses in the past. So she knows right. who the Time Lords are. Their their reputation precedes them and everything. And then he's yeah. like, uh, guess what? I'm going to kill all your babies. I'm going to drown them uh, by draining the Thames. Uh, mm-hmm. and this is where Donna has to be like, all right, enough. Like you're going too far. Like, let's get out of here now. Um, yeah. and she says like, yeah, I think you need someone to stop you sometimes, which is yeah. really cool. Really cool stuff. Yeah. And I'm just thinking now that the 48 hours of the Daleks and the Cybermen followed by spider queen. What a couple of days for you. Yeah. You know, David. Well, he's you know, that's essentially going from busy. crisis to crisis. Like he never gets a break. Like he's just always traveling and then always something wrong is happening. He has to save the day. So that's Jack. It's kind of an exhausting life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And again, he's as an immortal, you know, time Lord, he has to, he meets these people, has t- a nice relationship with them. They eventually leave or die or their memory gets erased. And he has to keep on going and form new relationships. And that's like his cycle of living where he's just going, he's just this wanderer, right? Going from place to place, meeting new people. Eventually they always leave and he remains. So it's kind of a sad life. It's like the vampire problem. Like yeah. you live forever, but everybody you ever cared about will eventually die. And you're just right. chilling. Right? You'll, you'll, given enough time, yeah, you'll just be fucking depressed and lonely. Like you can yeah. only entertain yourself for so long, you know? And that's the core of the doctor as a character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that and he's an old, and this is something also that I like about the Matt Smith doctor, which I'm starting to watch a little bit, but basically he's, he's an old man in a young man's body. And um, so you have to balance mm. that because he's like 900 years old. Um, so he's seen a lot of shit, but he's also got this young exterior. So he's, he hides it with his quirkiness and everything, but inside mm-hmm. he's, you know, dark and a little jetsia so. not exactly the same but you know yeah the light from um, that this episode significantly mm. less christmasy than the first one that's kind of what i did not like about it either i liked mm. this one better i think but uh, overall yeah. i was like where's the holiday stuff so yeah and a lot of these christmas specials they don't have that much to do with christmas sometimes mm. sometimes they do sometimes they don't 
Um, yeah, like like we get the costumes of Santa robots, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. The first like one the most... ends with them opening presents. They're like, "It is Christmas." I'm like, "Oh, right. Christmas dinner, <laughs> presents, family yeah, right. together." Yeah, put those little British hats on. I'm like, "Oh, wonderful." Yeah, mm-hmm. doing the crackers and everything. Um, this one ends similarly, where he takes Donna back to her home. Right. Um, they have a little scene outside, and she's like, "Come on, have have dinner with us." And he's like, "I don't, I don't do that sort of thing." She's like, "Well, you said you did it with your your you know your previous friend, like." But that was like a special occasion because that's kind of the other thing about the doctor is he doesn't do families. He doesn't do family dinners and stuff like he doesn't he's mm-hmm. you know, he's a kind of solitary guy who likes to go from adventure to adventure. He doesn't like to be tied down. Right. 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 Um, he doesn't he has no patience for like the mundane or the ordinary in life um, mm-hmm. to his detriment a lot of times. So um, right. he's like, yeah, yeah. OK, I'll, I'll just park the TARDIS then and uh, I'll, I'll be right back. And he goes in the TARDIS and he's about to leave basically because he's like doing the Irish goodbye where he's just like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't do family dinners. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Donna's like, doctor, he's like, um, it comes back of course. And, uh, but basically, yeah, they have a nice scene where he's like, come with me, you know, let me show you the stars and all that stuff. And she's like, no, I can't. Um, maybe another time though. And mm-hmm. uh, they leave it open for, you know, obviously for her to return if she wants to. Well, I like her answer of, well, no, one, I'm going to get another job. But two, I might not even do that. You're going to show me the stars or whatever. And yes, I've learned that there's a bigger world than that. But she's like, I'm going to go on vacation here. I'm going to travel and see this world. And you're like, good for you, Donna. Yeah. 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 And it's like your fiance had just betrayed you and is now dead. And your parents have been through some shit. So it's like, she's like, I'm going to be here for my family. I'm going to be yeah. here for myself. And it's like, got that's, a life I, I to like live. Yeah. 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 And I do like the moment where she's like, she's not going to run away talking about that. Lance. And he, she's like, he deserved it. And then the doctor kind of looks at her. and He's like, Oh no, he didn't deserve it. But like, you know, he was, he was mean, but he didn't deserve to die. I like that. No. She has kind of that realization. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, also about the Christmas invasion, that last scene uh, where the, where it's snowing, but it's really ash, right? Yeah. And the doctor's like, you know, well, the rose is like, what's next for the doctor, right? He's like, well, same old life. Let's let's go. And he's like, she's like, can I come to then? And he's like, uh, yeah, of course. And then Mickey, her boyfriend is like, you're never going to stay, are you? And so basically Mickey... His yeah. role in the show is just to get cucked by the doctor a lot, which is very yeah. sad. Uh, oh, Mickey. But uh, and then the better. doctor. Yeah. Find someone the to be there for you. Yeah. Um, but he's like, we're going, we'll go that way. And then he says, um, it'll be fantastic. And when he says that, that's a reference to the ninth doctor, Christopher Eccleston, because that's something he would always say. He would always say fantastic like that. So that's mm. another reference you guys probably didn't catch, but. Nope, just wanted to mention that. <laughs> but it's a fun fact. Yeah. But yeah. Christmas Invasion Runaway Bride. Um, yeah. Do we think this is a good time? Maybe to hop over final thoughts on both of these and how the whole Christmas experience of Doctor Who has been. Um, let's do it. Let's get do our it. police it'll, box. It'll be fantastic. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we are wrapping things up with the Time Lords, talking Doctor Who, talking to the Christmas specials, the first two, mm-hmm. the David Tennant era of the reboot. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. You guys are huge Doctor Who fans now. 
You're going to watch the, <laughs> all of the show and you love I'll it. say did not win me over, but here mm-hmm. is what I did. Um, I watched both these episodes yesterday uh, and then did want some extra context this morning. Um, and I sent you guys the uh, American Dad picture because obviously mm-hmm. I always try to relate to whatever thing we're watching to whatever American Dad reference I can. Yeah. Now, Jacob, you name uh, one of the items in the picture. I got to say, I already knew it. Because I, well, let's talk real quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. When these specials end, every time these specials end, they do what I think is the coolest thing in Doctor Who, where they're like, here's some fucking Doctor Who you're going to get. They're like, oh, here yeah. it next, is. They give you like the, the preview. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you everything. And I guess individual episodes, too, are like, here's what happens on the next one. Yeah. But in that wrap, for the first one, Jacob, introduced to a character real quick. Named K9, who I saw in that little wrap up, and I was like, Who K-9. is this little bitty? I love yes. him so mm-hmm. much immediately. I'm going to look him up. I got on my little internet and I said, Oh, he's in an episode pretty quick in season one or whatever. I'll jump back. I'll do that one. Oh, you watched that one with oh, uh, and you know the plot the of that episode. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's the Buffy guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Buffy guy is the principal. That's who it was. I yeah. fucking knew that's who it was. And that's but, where they introduced Sarah Jane Smith, who was a companion to the fourth and fifth doctors back in uh, the 70s, hmm. um, who gets her own spinoff called the Sarah Jane Adventures, which is a more uh, kid related uh, kind of spinoff. So you have the, the mature spinoffs. Oh, wow. Them, the, They're the creating a whole spin-off. universe. Yeah. Sarah Jane Smith. That I didn't know. But <laughs> they just my, need a BBC Plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's streaming now. They were ahead of their uh, time. It's on Mac. The reason oh, I bring it up, because yeah. I think it's important for you to know, Mike, if you didn't watch this as well. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, and Jacob, I'm sure, I, I think that's probably one of the better episodes. I mean, I was very impressed by that episode or whatever. It's a, it's I, I don't know one, how you yeah. feel on the run. Hmm, okay. What it did to me, unfortunately, as I'm sitting there going like, oh, look at this adorable robot dog they're resurrecting. You get that entire story where I'm realizing where they're saying like, well, you know, like she was the companion of the third doctor and she's heartbroken and she was yeah. left here by yeah. this asshole. And he disappeared and went on to these other adventures. And she says and confronts him at one point, Mike, she's like, you show us the universe. You show us everything. And then you drop us off here and shut the door and say goodbye. And you expect us to continue on our lives what what am I supposed to do? Who was I supposed to become? And in that moment, I'm like, I hate Doctor Who because I hate <laughs> right. the Doctor. That's, this guy, yeah. it's He's a the vampire. Character. Yeah, but it's the vampire problem. Mike said, but he literally calls out. He says to her, his response is like, "You understand why I had to leave you? You'll grow old. Yeah. I won't. I'm immortal. Don't you understand? When your life ends, mine continues." And it's like, mm-hmm. then great, dude. Stop involving your life with these people then. Go be alone somewhere. Yeah, right. that's true. It's a selfish motivation. You're choosing yes, to come to Earth and be like, come with me. He's like a very lonely person. Like he likes having these companions how forever, how brief of a time. But that does make Rose start Using to kind of second guess herself. Yeah, when they in the role of their companion. usefulness, he just ditches Oh, them. She, yeah, Rose in that episode, Mike, is immediately like, you've done this to other women? And he's like, I do it to a lot of women all the time. And they're like, oh, my God. Doctor, yeah. who do you think you are? Which is all funny because it's all 
born out of the way that the show is structured, right? Because the, right. of course they have to write off the companions when the actors leave. A teen girl with a ninety-year-old man who's like, "I'm changing. <laughs> you have to leave too." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I like that they um, address because it, the structure of the show right. narratively well, the, in that way, like the regeneration. Yeah was born out of necessity the same like yep. companions can't just regenerate so they have to write them off somehow sometimes mm-hmm. they die sometimes they go back to their life uh you know different things happen to them and then um, i googled it that woman died shortly after that episode yes uh elizabeth sladen well not after that episode but she went on to do four seasons of the sarah jane adventures which is her spinoff that canine was on so her and canine oh well now i know uh, what i'm watching <laughs> Uh, it's very kid I've seen a few episodes. It's very kid uh oriented. That might um, be fine for me. <laughs> but essentially she's an investigative journalist uh who's like basically any there's like alien threats on Earth that the doctor is doing other stuff, so she has to investigate what's going on. And she has like these kid uh friends, like this neighbor girl moves in and, and discovers aliens and stuff, so she kind of um, you know, teams up with them and stuff. And this is my robot dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she, yeah, they did four seasons of Sarah Jane Adventures. And then unfortunately she did pass away from cancer. Uh, She Mm -hmm. was only in, I think her fifties or sixties. So she wasn't even that old, Elizabeth Sladen, but uh, she was a fan favorite companion from the seventies. And that guy is still alive. You said the third one or no, the third one. No, John Pertwee. No, Tom Baker, the fourth doctor is alive. uh, And every doctor since then, is still alive, but the first three doctors are not alive. I see. Okay. I see. Um, the third doctor is interesting because he he was a very Earth based uh, James Bond esque doctor uh, who would do a, <laughs> okay. very action oriented. But essentially, in his storyline, he the Time Lords uh, banished him to Earth and took away his TARDIS for like three years. So his all his adventures take place on Earth, and he works for this government organization called unit which comes back uh which is like oh, i love this unit. Unit. that's yeah. great so he would go around like doing karate and stuff to people oh, in the 70s as you want to do yeah, yeah. all right in yeah the 70s. so you're a sonic screwdriver <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's taking the form of a walter ppk so you'll be <laughs> shooting bullets yeah like, yes, oh wow is. he's the doctor most likely to kick your ass with some crazy like karate <laughs> he is okay. he the celery one or no what was no his he would about? wear he would wear like velvet like jackets with like frilly a frilly shirt kind of he was very like kind of uh that's flamboyant. like smoking jacket vibes yeah, yeah. that was okay, three okay. that's three that three saying. yeah john right. Berkeley three is my favorite doctor <laughs> wow three is your favorite and then they went from three to four which is like the cosmic hobo with his like long scarf tom he's Baker. the scarf guy okay yeah and he's yeah. the second most popular probably you would argue yeah he was right? the he was the fan hmm. favorite classic who character before it came back now Tennant has kind of overtaken him, but Tom Baker, I mean, the old fans still love him, of course. And he's kind of like the hipster doctor that people like because he was, you know, his, his, his seasons were very like, uh, there's a lot of Gothic horror vibes in his seasons too, where you hmm. would like well, again, Dracula or something. Doug, think <laughs> nice, about what's nice. on TV. It's competing with dark shadows. Like yeah. it's the seventies. Dang, that's a good point. So right. opera, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I get that. Um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like each era of the doctor is very different and it's based around, you know, what that doctor is like, kind of what the vibes of the show are like. Um, very interesting kind of just to go back and, 
and um, learn the history of it all. So I guess I'm a super who fan now. Unfortunately. So, and let's, and let's right. talk about that real quick. Yeah. So just, just to say, cause we've brought up this term before. Mm-hmm. Um, super who lock, super who lock, the Tumblr fandom that yes. is maybe the biggest fandoms in the world was for supernatural doctor who this area specifically and sure Matt Smith mostly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. David Tennant, Matt Smith were kind of the Tumblr girl dreamboat doctors, right? Mm-hmm. But when, but when South Park is making fun of those episodes where they're like, why are Japanese young girls shipping two background characters? You know, and they're like forcing that stuff. It's like what they're commenting on is the phenomenon of super hulak, which mm. was fans being so crazy that they would like change the canon of Supernatural to be like, I don't know. Maybe these brothers are gay. If it's going to make these, like you know, girls want yeah. like they seem to want them but, to be. Like, should we lean into it? Right, that was a po- right. a popular ship. Yeah. Was the uh, the brothers on Supernatural, yes. which is yes. mm-hmm. you know, I like to stay away from incest in my in my ships, but that's just right, me. Right. Uh, <laughs> Tumblr's going to tumble. Um, this was mainly Sher- yeah, the, the early twenty tens. Uh, yeah was the mm-hmm. kind of the the prime of the super hulak because that was again the Matt Smith era Stephen Moffat was the showrunner who took over okay. Russell T Davis he created Sherlock so Sherlock right. and the Stephen Moffat Doctor Who That's were right. running at the same time <laughs> right. so you got all these pasty thin british blokes you know who were mm-hmm. beloved by all these uh teenagers on tumblr and then gotcha, two gotcha. twinks killing vampires i don't understand what the crossover is there That's the supernatural so part is weird to me because like i understand sherlock and doctor who like there's a lot of people that yeah you know a lot of anglophile type people that love but british, if you had said pasty british Torchwood was the yeah. third like if you had called it mm. that i'd be like yeah those are the three same show that makes so much sense the fact that it's supernatural too they're like I also kind of like my boys a little dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's all right. The Americans, you know? Right. <laughs> Throwing a little bit of motor oil. You know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of why the Matt Smith era gets a little bit of a bad rap because it's it's so um, specific to that, like, super hulak type of I, fandom. It's mm. I, I, The reason I bring it up is it's so interesting. And I just think for fans of pop culture to look at the writers and creators who either lean into it or lean away from it, because I think that's the two directions they did go. So Yeah. Mm. And I'm really not a huge fan of Stephen Moffat. Like, compared to Russell TV Davis, I think his, his writing is not as good. I've seen some Sherlock, and I think Sherlock, the, the writing goes to shit on that show after, like, the first season. Um, it gets really wacky towards the end as someone who's supernatural seen, runs for 20 years. So there's like, yeah, to compare it to. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's again, like it's very its different thing. because British shows yeah. they're the way they're, it's very different than American shows. Like British shows, even a long running show like Dr. Who, they have very short seasons um, yeah. with like hour long specials occasionally, but they don't go past their prime. And even the doctors like leave after three years, like each time. Cause they're like, we don't want to go past our prime. Like the British office was like two seasons. Like that's what they're known for is like, we'll do two eight episode seasons and then the show is over. Whereas America, you have the office going on way past its prime. Right. Right. So it's just a very different way of making TV, I guess. Yeah. Supernatural. They kill the devil. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? And 10 seasons later, uh, (laughs) still doing it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Very weird, but I could see a world though where, you know, uh, a doctor who pops in like oh, Sam and Dean. It's a crazy vampire. Like I could see it a tonally like appropriate crossover yeah. with the way it's kind of monster of the week sometimes with, with doctor. Do, yeah. 
Do you think it will always live on TV, Jacob, or do you think they'll eventually tire of it and then maybe try to make it like a cinematic universe or, you know, something like I that? Know. I mean, uh, the way it's gone so far is that it started to lose, uh, the ratings started to go down after the Matt Smith era, the Peter Capaldi era. There was mixed feelings about it, but it was a losing audience. Then the Jodie Whittaker era, unfortunately, lost a lot more audience. Not for the reason you think is the uh, no the community reference um, or whatever. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But so at this point, the BBC was like, "All right, we're losing audience. Like, we need to do something to like juice this show. What are we going to do? We're going to bring back Russell T Davis. We're going to bring back David Tennant. We're going to bring back Catherine Tate." Hey. Uh, <laughs> And it's 2005, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. Great. And that's what these three specials, like, that's why they made them. It's like, we need to get our audience back. They also are focusing on a, they want to focus on a worldwide audience is what they said, which basically means they want more American viewers. Uh, so they're like, we're going to make it more America friendly. And they recruited they deal you with specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they did does. this deal with Disney now. So that's why. All of who mm. from 2005 to 2022 is on Max, right. but these three new specials are on Disney Plus, and the new Who season is going to be on Disney Plus. Going okay. forward, so I have a yeah. question then, Jacob. Yeah, would I be able to, having just seen the Runaway Bride, just watch the specials that have David Tennant and you know the return? That's not a way that I would recommend watching <laughs> it because right, I, I might need- do it. <laughs> yeah. Most of the specials, I don't think they're among the best Doctor Who episodes, even. Right. Um I would, you know, there's it's it's not what I would do. I would personally watch I would start with season one and watch it chronologically. Um, but I mean you can do whatever you want. But I'm just uh, curious because I don't know. I, I I'm with Colin where maybe I'm not sold on it. It's a little too British. I don't think, yeah, and I it's don't think you're going to get more but... sold on it by watching the Christmas specials because it's not the best way to break no. into the show. If you watch right. the next one, The Voyage of the Damned, which is again takes place on a Sweet space title. Titanic, uh, <laughs> that is crashing into the Earth with guest okay. star Kylie Minogue, who does a good job, but hey, it's a she does the episode. <laughs> Just do a loop. I'm proud of her. Is she in any yeah. of these? Um, do a leap. Um, I, I guess let, let's go ahead and I want to I want to look at. But these I'll two. tell you this. After yeah, um, if you wanted to break into it, I would I would make you a list of like the what I consider the best Doctor Who episodes to watch, and just watch those episodes, and maybe that would get you into it. I mean, that's but, how you do for Star Trek. You say watch Measure of a Man, watch some yeah. selects, and then you might run through it. So yeah, that's yeah. probably not a bad. Because again, I think a lot of the Christmas specials they're just not among the best episodes. I think a lot mm-hmm. of them are kind of goofy and. Um, you know, they're fun standalone adventures, but there's a lot better episodes of Who. But if you wanted to watch one special that I do highly recommend, it's called The Waters of Mars. Uh, That's right. Check that one, one out. Up top. Yeah. Waters of Mars. Okay, but he's not a Martian. Um, but I did want to say, let's bring this around to the holidays, because that's what we're here for. Tis the season to be hooing. Um, uh, so I think as, and we've talked a lot of Doctor Who, but I think as, yeah, holiday specials, Colin kind of mentioned too. They're they're not very Christmassy, really. The first one slightly more so because of yeah. the dinner and a Christmas tree attack. But there's not a lot of Christmas and DNA some of the, in these. Some yeah. of the future ones are more Christmassy. Like Colin, you mentioned, of course, there is one where they meet Santa Claus. Okay. Um, I haven't seen a lot of these yet because I'm watching chronologically. But I'm about mm. to get to the first Matt Smith Christmas special, which I'm excited about. Um, but I'm not going to jump ahead and watch a bunch right. of them. Um, 
What would be interesting maybe is if you guys watched the new one that's coming out this Christmas, which yeah. is the, the 15th Doctor's first full episode. Oh. Um, so maybe you guys could check that out and see what you think of that. I would Let's probably watch the, the first three specials first. But again, if you didn't watch the David Tennant era, you're going to miss a bunch of stuff that that's wrapping up. So it's kind of hard to jump in. But um, how, do they, how do they explain that him turning back into David Tennant? They're like, but he's also 45 this time. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's, oh, it's kind of part of the plot of the show. And I will say mm. David Tennant has aged very well. He looks great. Uh, for his age. Um, and the the main selling point I'm walking away is I've watched Good Omens. I watched Jessica Jones. Sure. Uh, you brought up Harry Potter. All these things where every time I'm like, David Tennant's the best part of this stuff. I do yeah. wonder why I don't just watch a full show of him. Broad you could church. jump in in the second season and just watch his seasons, which is two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you wanted to skip the first season... Uh, I would say go for it because I do think there's some better episodes in his era. Um, I love, I love David Tennant. Like I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's so funny and charismatic and I just love him. I loved him in Jessica Jones. He's playing very much against type as like a villain, a very bad guy. Um, but I love him. Yeah. So I'll watch anything he's in. I got to check I out keep, Broadchurch now. I keep pitching Broad it, man. Church. He's like so like worn down and like alcoholic and shit. Like he's just not doing great trying to solve this But it's this crazy case. to me it's, that he's so good in it. That show was created by Chris Chibnall, who would go on to be a Doctor Who showrunner. And it was the most fans considered the worst era with the uh, worst writing of Doctor Who. Wow. So. And it had Jodie Whittaker and yeah. David Tennant there. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Bummer. But we like David Tennant. That's my biggest takeaway is I just like, I like him a lot. And I liked him in moments in this. Like when he's shining, yeah. he's shining. It's just a, a little goofy, but I do like Very David Tennant a lot in this role. I yeah. will say, actually, I would recommend just watching these three new specials on Disney Plus if you like no, David Tennant. You might miss a lot of the references, but it's just fun. The first two, especially the third one, I didn't like as much. That's the one with Neil Patrick Harris, where he's playing the toy maker, a, a oh. character from the 70s coming back. Um, that's was one that the, did the James Bond guy fight that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. that was the third doctor. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the first Toy Maker <laughs> and then watch the special with Neil yeah. Patrick Harris. Yeah, uh, but the Toy Maker is essentially this godlike entity that is all about games and only follows the rule of the game kind of thing. Uh, you know, menagerie. Yeah, but again, that yeah. ends with uh, you know him by generating into. Uh, Shudi Gatwa. So there's two doctors at the same time, not to spoil it for you guys a little bit, but I am um, hmm. because they wanted to write it in a way where uh, essentially the David Tennant doctor retires from being the doctor and is like, oh, I'll stay yes. on earth with Donna Noble's family and just kind of live the ordinary life because I'm so tired from doing all these adventures. You, a young, a new young, fresh doctor, go off and have adventures now. Goodbye. So that's kind of how that ends. So we no um, longer have he who remains only one remaining doctor. Yeah, but essentially the fifteenth doctor is the fourteenth doctor from the future after he's managed all of his trauma. Uh, this is all part of the the episode. It's not the Incredible. best. It's a little goofy to me, but uh, it's interesting because <laughs> basically, uh, you know. yeah, the fourteenth doctor comes back because he has all this trauma from all these people that he knew that died or bad things happened to him. 
it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But here's the thing: life. it because I said to you guys one time, it must be the hardest job in the world to write a Star Trek episode because anything can just be anything. But you also yeah. have all these rules to go. If mm-hmm. you're Russell T Davies and you solved the math experiment of rebooting a character from this whole other mythos and then you leave and somebody adds 15 years of stuff on top yeah. of that and you're like okay and then you have to come back and untangle that Gordian knot exactly. I, when you say Jacob you're like it's a little shaky for me it's like you can just imagine him being like okay like and then like it just has to end in such a way where I have both of them and like right. everybody loves David Tennant like I've got a lot of masters Truly. to serve here like mm-hmm. and took me a break yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. and because he would go you know Stephen Moffat would replace him he's kind of known for these elaborately complex plots for that are like too complex for no reason, just to have like these red herrings and, and kind of plot devices and stuff. Right, and we get criticized for that because that's something you would do in Sherlock as well. So there's oh, so yeah. much, like you said, there's so much lore that has happened since the Russell T Davis era that he has to like consider and stuff. It gets very, very messy. Um, it would be a very hard job. That's all. I'm, I'm very impressed. You would even attempt it. So, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah, some rumors respect. that the, that the David Tennant, the 14th doctor, which is, the older version because he's the 10th doctor and the 14th doctor, two different versions. They're not considered the same character. Um, mm. But there's rumor that they want to, at some point do a 14th doctor spinoff to bring David oh, Tennant back. I would imagine. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But for right yeah. now, he's kind of living a semi-retired life in England, hanging out with Donald Noble. Oh man. Yeah. If, if Disney plus has anything to do with it, you'll be getting it soon. And uh, you know, <laughs> I did not watch secret invasion, but I did watch Christmas invasion and I'm glad I chose that one instead. Hey, yeah. But now it's on Disney. All both of them. Incredible. Well, basically my mission here was to try to convert you guys to become super who fans. Like I am now. Right. Uh, <laughs> super who lock fans. Yes. Super who lock. I love all those shows. No, I just wanted a a long running sci-fi show that I could kind of binge like I had been Star Trek. And I thought this is the closest thing to it. And it's something that from my teen years that I remembered fondly that I could come back to. And there's 15 years of new material that I've never seen before. So I'm like, let me watch all that and see how it goes. I think think the great film criticists Jacob Hall and Hoy Tran Boo have a podcast called Who Trek? Mm. Where they alternate, one of them only likes Doctor Who. Oh, one of them only likes Star Trek. Introduce each other, and they every other. And I believe it's from the original canon. I like. I'm not mad, Jacob. Like when I think (laughs) about it, I'm like, it's another sci-fi thing in our belt that has a huge canon that I'm glad I dipped into. Going forward, I wouldn't mind if we jump back to a couple more of these every few holidays to be like, let's check in on another Christmas special on the Matt Smith ones or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought next year we could do like one Matt Smith one and one Peter Capaldi one or something. Because by that point, I'll probably have seen everything. So I'll know which ones to watch. Um, But basically, I was just trying to trick you guys into watching something that I'm into now. Into, right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I had a lot of fun talking about these and watching them. So, yeah. I do think regardless of context, like I may find myself like voluntarily throwing on the ones that are on Disney, just even though I might not get it. I didn't know everything happening in Runaway Bride, but through context, yeah. I kind of got, okay, he lost a companion, you know, I, you know, and you know, the character really good. Noble. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they do enough to explain like for new, any new viewers, they'll yeah. be like, they will explain certain things that you need to know. Uh, and yeah. the first two I think are actually really good. Like, 
better than these episodes, honestly, that we watch or these huh. specials. I think um, pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah, I just want to watch David Tennant raise his eyebrow and look look around at stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's aged great. Catherine Tate has aged amazingly well, like considering it's mm-hmm. been 15 years, like they both look very like they have really have not aged at all. I'm kind of amazed. I mean, actors, you know, they have their secret ways, but uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's a much, he's a distinguished older doctor now. And I, and I really like it. All right. No, that's, that's a so good two sell, thumbs up. I'm excited about hey, Judy Gatwa taking over the role. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. have liked it a little though, if they were like, but he's also Scottish this time. Like he can do the accents. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. oh, oh, I'm the doctor. Alionzi. <laughs> like, oh. Wild. Yeah. So yeah. that's the doctor. That's Doctor Who. Yeah. That's the doctor. Yeah. Christmas Let us know, Normies. If you uh, watch along, if you're enjoying the holidays, if you are also in the TARDIS right now with your family, kick them out. The doctor doesn't do families. That's right. Get them mm-hmm. out. No. But hopefully you do for your holiday season. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let us know how it's going. <laughs> Happy holidays from us at uh, Normies Like Us. Hit us up mm-hmm. at, uh, at Normies underscore like underscore us. Leave us some uh, holiday love there. Yep. Yeah, happy holidays. And if you've seen these new specials, let me know what you thought. And if you're looking forward to the new Doctor and the new direction they're going in, I'm pretty excited for it. I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to be checking it out. Mm-hmm. And this was the it's Christmas w- specials, but we're cheering on all your holidays. You know, when a Honda right. days, Toyota-thon, Hanukkah, all that stuff. <laughs> you guys enjoy it. and Kiawanza. Kiawanza. Yeah. It's weird that the new episodes do take place in the Patrick Harris Matrix, though. <laughs> he is still that guy from the Matrix movies. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Stephanie shows up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We've been your hosts. This is the Colin, the, the, let's say the seventh Colin. Okay. I'll be the um, 69th Mike. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. And this is the 420th Jacob. <laughs> Hey, thanks nice, normies dude. for coming on this adventure with hey, us. 419 blew his brains out because he just wanted to regenerate right away. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you gotta go. All right. Well, Hello, the Z, drivers. <laughs> there we go. Worth it. See ya. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.